Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. This is episode 524, and as you might have noticed, Eric is not here with me just yet. He will be joining me in a little bit, kind of a time-traveling type of deal, because me and him had to record a bunch of books before he left town. He up and left town. He went to upstate New York for a funeral. I still think that that was a story to avoid books like Blue Beetle and Speed Force, but we will we will see. Uh, he actually got word back to me that the trip wasn't as bad as he thought, just a couple hours. And then I said, well, if that's not so bad, you could actually go to the Shady Maple because that's only an hour and 15 minutes away. And he said that he would never travel that far for food. And seriously, I've seen the man. I know that's a lie. I know that's a straight-up lie, but like I said, he'll be joining me for three books, and then we will finish up with poor Zach got to talk about Blue Beetle and Speed Force with me, but we didn't get to all the books this week because Eric had left town, but I hope that everybody enjoys the show. But here we are at the beginning, and what we usually do here is tell everybody where you can find us in the internet, and you could go to the show notes, and there'll be links to all of these, but if you want to read written reviews from Sus Gabe, Go over to our site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. If you want to follow us on the Twitters, you go over at WeirdScienceDC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. That is a policy. Also, go to YouTube and check us out at Weird Science Comics, where we have video reviews, commentary, that sort of thing. And then finally, if you want to help us out for everything we do, go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird science and if you do go there right now you can sign up for a free seven day free trial it's a free free trial as i just said and with that you'll be able to listen to our spotlight episode amongst other things there's a ton of shows that you'll get by going over to the patreon but one of the big things and one of the things we try to push is our badass dc comics patreon only exclusive Podcast that we have two books each and every week picked in a poll by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Mm-mm, they end up picking whatever they want, whatever they say goes. And those are the two books out of that week's books that we talk about in that Patreon only show. And this week they picked some pretty big ones the Batman 143, continuing the zero year, year one Joker. I was I was going to mention by the end of this that without Eric, I always get through this so professionally. That's not the case. I, I fumble, bumble, and stumble no matter who is with me, even when I'm by myself. But we talked about Batman 143, the year one Joker story. Me and Eric are still trying to make heads or tails of it. I said that I'm seeing a bit of some sort of light maybe in the tunnel. I don't know if it's the end of the tunnel, but... I was liking a little bit, but it's kind of a back and forth thing. And then we also talked about Sinister Sons number one and that show, that Patreon only spotlight. It was about an hour and 20 minutes, I think. And really, if you end up listening to our show tonight here and then you're like, boy, I want more. You could double your pleasure almost by just going and getting that one spotlight. But you get everything. You go over and sign up. You can listen to things from years ago. You can listen to things from last week. And we end up doing a lot of shows, DC, Marvel, manga, indie, all that stuff all rolled up in one. We have a lot of reading clubs. There is a lot there. The best way to do it is to go and check it out with that free trial. And then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But before we go into the books and really start off with me and Eric, 
We have one last thing to do. We have to give a shout out. We have to give a roll call deal for the badass. It's called the badass roll call. It is. I hope Eric doesn't listen to this. He'll make fun of me. D-Man 3001. I love that one there. Yells at David Fink. Brian Trevert. Dad Nation. Yeah, yeah. Eric K. The Zach who likes Big Macs. He sent me a picture of that double Big Mac, and I said, oh, now it has half of the meat that a Whopper has. All right. The Annihilator. Ted Probst. I love Punchline. Stork. Michael S. Cam. Matt Razor. Niels Tewart. Stephen Baum. Jason Colby. Sue 42 to me and me. Michael G. Ken Halleck. Comic Broom Rocker. The Fraggin' Main Man. He is in upstate New York. I hear Mark Jager. Bill Beer from the Bat Pod. Me and Bill are going to start doing a amalgam crossover Marvel DC podcast on the Patreon coming up. We're working out the details as we speak. Ruben. Carlos. No Wolf Marv. Matt Rapier. Luke Hollywood sleeping. Simon, maybe. Luis, man, shoop. Good old manship. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Brandy Murray. He's up there in Canada, Buffalo, and double Aaron doxing his ass in Minnesota. And that is the bad asses. Thank them for all of the picks. And yeah, they ended up picking Batman and Sinister Sun. So if you're mad, you know who to blame now. But a little shout out to our all time greats, Rob Lewis. Reggie, and that's that. Without Eric, you know, things just go so smooth, right? Well, let's get things a little unsmooth then. Is that what it is? Infamous? We're going to go off, me and Eric are going to end up talking about action comics, Batman and Robin and Green Lantern. And then, as I said, Zach will join me for the bottom of the barrel, the old Blue Beetle and Speed Force. Speed Force might be one of the worst books I've ever read. Just because it's just pure out bad It's just horrible But we'll get to those eventually Because right now we'll go off To me and Eric talking some books You say yes You mean no You say stop When you wanna go Go, go There's no You say That bizarro talk, it gets you every time, Eric. It gets so you simple, every so well. time. And I said it, I think I said it the last time that I want to redo that because when I did that originally, I had a really sore throat. And you can you can hear it, Eric. You can hear me straining. You don't always sound like sh- that? Uh, no. Well, sometimes oh. when I'm on the can, right? Hey, that, I, I don't know why you brought that up. 
but here we are and Me either. You, you, uh, you, you're you here, Eric. I thought I you am. were gone for the week. You are here. We're going to be going through three books in this section, and then the who knows books. what else. Pot luck is what I call it. Gambler's choice. Is that, is that okay, it? So you call it gambler's yeah. choice? Yeah. Gambler's choice. But it is kind of interesting to see three the card full Monty. <laughs> three card. I have some good wordplay uh, later in this section. I think you'll like it. I have some funny things to tell you, Eric. But these three books that we're talking about, these were picked by you, kind of. I, I thought we, we when we were talking about some things, we weren't originally actually going to talk Batman and Robin. But then you said we Batman and Robin, and I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And then it's the, the rest. Thing is, Batman we'll and Robin see. is struggling to do anything besides for mediocrity at this point in time. So I wanted to skip it initially, but with the amount of books that we have, Mike, it's still one of the big books. It's a Batman and Robin title. I should put it on the list. I think it's because you heard Flatline was in it, and you couldn't resist, Eric. But Honestly, that was... That was a shock. Oh, I had no idea Flatline okay. was in it. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool when she shows up. We love that character. And when we talk about that book, because, of course, that's not the first one. Obviously. I think we, but, we might butt heads a little on that one. But maybe we'll butt heads no, no. on you're gonna this say, first I, You one. like it, and I'm going to say why, and you're not going to be able to tell me. That's oh, not I will heads. tell you. Uh, that might happen in the first book or the third book or maybe – Next week, I don't know, but we'll see, because now we're going to do this together. But what are we starting with? Action Comics number 1062, written by Jason Aaron, with art by John Timms, Rex Locus, and Dave Sharp. We'll continue our City of Bizarro story, where in the last issue, this really just came out of nowhere and shocked the hell of me how much I enjoyed Jason Aaron writing Superman, as well as we already know we like him on Batman Offworld, but jumping in here for a few issues, I'm like, Oh, what's he going to pull here? And especially with the idea of Bizarro, which is always going to be a tough sell for a lot of people, but he is one of those big villains. It's just the idea of having a full city of Bizarro talk is such a pain. And Jason Aaron was able to pull a lot of this off in the previous issue by having Bizarro use a magic spell because he's he's all magicked up in this. He's able to reverse his talk so we can all understand. I'm like, you know what, Jason Aaron? I really appreciate that because I don't want to listen to Bizarro talk the entire issue. And I say listen because I have to read out loud because I'm special like that. But here we are for the second issue, and the entire city of Metropolis has been taken over by Bizarros. Everybody's been infected, and the thing is, for a week, like, it's, this takes place with weeks and weeks. It is spreading out of Metropolis and all over the world, it looks like. And it's weird, though, because Jason Aaron does seem to try to continue the idea of getting away of a full issue of Bizarro talk, but what we have instead is a city full of people acting like Bizarros, like doing the opposite of what they normally would do in whatever their profession or daily life, but the Bizarro talk is just kind of Thrown out the window besides for when Bizarro number one is talking to Superman in his head or Lo- Bizarro Lois talking to Superman. It just really feels odd because you want to read it as Bizarro talk, but it doesn't work that way for the story that Jason Aaron's telling. Well, and I'm like, and magic. It's weird. Well, it's <laughs> weird because it doesn't fully like, I mean, the guy at the beginning. Hello, mom. Hello. Like he's Bizarro yeah. talk. This is the thing. I like the idea. Of, well, I love the idea of the magic spell that lets him talk normal. You almost get the fun of Bizarro, which, you know, you can debate me on that. But then you but you get the talk of the clone Bizarro that you like because you hate. And I like the idea of doing the opposite. Like, oh, my God. But He's in this match in here, there's still some people at points where they're yelling things and it just throws you off. You can't have a full story because when you end up having a story that has Bizarro, but everybody else, then, then it can work because obviously everybody else is there to combat that nonsense talk. But when you have everybody and uh, you can't really tell things because of the idea of I hate you, 
oh, that means that they love him. But then it oh, doesn't. That's a, that's and even thing Lois is, jumps in and out. It's weird. You are trying to read this where the city just wants Bizarre number one, but Superman is able to fight the infection that we saw at the end of the previous issue where he became Bizarre number one. He fights off this, you know, m- m- mystical infection that he has because he's Superman. That's how. Uh, it just and doesn't he, work and for me. Is, and he continues to go on trying to stop everybody from killing themselves with all the rigmarole that they're doing in their daily lives. Like firefighters actually starting fires. <laughs> brain surgeons allowing their patients to give them brain surgery instead. And even the idea of people who are delivering babies He's trying to shove them back where they came. Yeah, that's I'm what you got, right? I was guessing yeah. that or, or butt. <laughs> I'm like, are they shoving them up the butt? But it's I definitely went. When you ended up at, originally in this, like, I saw some people say, oh, my God, are they eating the babies? And I'm like, no, no, no. They're, they're no, shoving them they're, right they're back up back. there. They are shoving them back. That's bad. Now, why but I the thing think is, also. What, what, what I was getting to, though, was the idea, though, you're trying to go into this, the idea this is Bizarro World. Okay, we're recreating a Bizarro World. So when we have all of these people talking when Superman snaps out of and trying to save everybody, we hate you, Superman. Your brain immediately tries to go, like, oh, my God, the people are still in there. They're trying to fight this whole thing because they're doing Bizarro talk. But the, like the way it is, they're actually saying, please help us, Superman. We love you. Don't leave us alone and stuff like that. But as it goes on, you realize. No, that's not the case at all. So you just have to throw all of that out the window for the most part and just read a story naturally. When any of the bizarre people are like, we hate you, we want you to leave, it does seem, unless Jason Aaron comes out in the next issue and lets us in on this little factoid, this is a weird issue to read because like, you're trying to figure out the story as you go along with the people with what they're saying. Yeah, and it's like, I, I, I'm I, telling you, some of this, it, it does kind of go in and out, of but it does for the most part, like you said, because when you're first going, you don't know the lay of the, the land and you're like superman more like super fascist what does that mean then i'm sitting there i'm like oh wait wait no it's super fascist. and then he says this is a madhouse and then the one best part is when he actually says i i forget what it is it's like this is wrong or whatever and they're like don't you give us that you know flowery talk that was pretty funny the way that they heard that i will get to it well, the well, one even thing that some works of the stuff though, in here the one even some of the stuff though is like you have words in word balloons that are bold where you think like we saw talked about previously these are the things you switch around but when you have bizarro lois immediately isn't it the ugliest thing you've ever seen you must be so proud i'm like that doesn't work because why would he he would not be proud because Bizarro is the opposite. I don't know what I'm trying to play with this. I wanted her to go, hey, Largeville. Like, I go back. Really? But is I also like the bad yeah, butt. That, that's all I want. <laughs> that's all I want. Bad butt. Uh, you end up where one of the things that I like, and it works. And at first I thought, oh, what? Like, I understand. Oh, everybody turns into Bizarros. And he's trying to make it a Bizarro world. And then all of a sudden the the firemen, they have, you know, Pretty flame much flamethrowers. And I'm like, the hell they get? Oh, wait a minute. It is a spell. And it, that's the only, if there wasn't that magic, I would have been like, how the hell they get flamethrowers just because they're bizarre. But it works because of the magic turning a lot of the things into it. And, and we had fun even before we read the full issue after our uh, Patreon spotlight, where we just saw that beginning and they're talking about, you know, Hey, the pilots, they end up making the passengers fly. The th- That's fun. It is that fun well, the opposite thing is You deal. set up a lot of stuff in the beginning with the idea of somebody committing suicide because everybody laughs at him in his mind, and they all start laughing at him. So and then as he turns to Bizarro, he jumps off the bridge. You have all this catastrophe going all over Metropolis. Like, oh, my God, you have raised the stakes so completely in this whole story. Like, how can we come back from this? But then when Superman does snap out of it, and maybe even the idea is this is a torment that Bizarro is actually doing magically to him to make him snap out of the see this world that he doesn't belong in. Maybe, but, but he this, does like try to do it himself. It felt weird. 
He immediately, though, goes and solves all these problems. And he'd want Superman to do that, obviously. But it also says, okay, nothing really bad happened here at all. Which, like, you know, it, it takes things down just a notch. So what you're saying is that it reminds you of Everyone Loves Ivy. When all of a sudden everything went dead in the whole entire world, but nobody got hurt it was at all. Fine. Yeah. It uh, yeah, it does take it down a notch, but it's Superman, so you can go with it. And I do like when you have that opposite, like even the little thing where you have the crossing guard who's letting the kids go. But then even that when she said Yeah, and so that was like one of the first things that it, it threw me, like, Oh man, you saved these kids, but they they now they're gonna grow up to be there. I'm like is this bizarre? It it was weird. It was a weird kind of jumping in. It kind of throws you out, even without it being full up bizarre talk. But like you said, Lois at points jumps in and out. But some of the things are funny when she says to Superman, "Divorce me, you hideous man! Divorce <laughs> me all over again." That is pretty funny. And then he says no, and then she has to remind him, "Well, you're kind of saying yes to me." <laughs> like well, she gets confused at one point. She almost even snaps out of it. When she realizes Clark and things and then has to go. And you have her burning books. The big play, though, in this to me is that. And an action challenge number one. Yeah, yeah. And not much is going on overall, though. It, it's it's cool to see this. And well, then then we are the running we are Superman through, through his paces with this, though, because this takes place over a matter of weeks where Superman is running himself ragged to try to save everybody. All the bizarres are pretty much killing themselves or others to the point where. Metropolis is a quarantine zone. The Justice League are doing what they can. Batman's on the outskirts trying to figure out what to do. We have magical people coming in. Even Dr. Fate, though, did, didn't really expect Bizarro's map to be that powerful. Dr. Fate became a Bizarro, and other magic users have to do this. So right I now, we're kind of relying on as Batman on the outskirts. So did I. But you also have, you know, Blue Devil and Constantine, like, you know, here to the rescue. And I'm like, this is great. But then, like, because you never get to see Blue Devil do a goddamn thing. But all Blue Devil is here to do is give Constantine his lunch, <laughs> and he seems happy with it. Uh, it's so great because Constantine, it's almost, I mean, it, it's the same as get that guy's leg, get that guy's eyeball. But it's so funny because Constantine, he needs to do a counterspell. There's Blue Devil. And he says, all right, get me some whiskey, get me some cigarettes, get me a liver and onion sandwich. Extra, I need the extra liver. That's part of the counter. And I'm like, Blue Very Devil, you, you dummy. So with that, though, when we end up having that, I kind of hope that it isn't as large. And somehow it's the craziest spell we've ever had because... It has to counteract a bizarro spell, so but it's funny. And if it's just his lunch, that's hilarious, too. Yeah. So you have that. Batman is trying to, you know, keep in touch. He keeps saying, hey, what's going on? And Batman, Superman says, and I think that when he says my family, it felt weird because Lois is already there, but he means the Superman family because he doesn't want them infected. Uh, but then the quarantine kind of breaks through. And they head to Gotham, and we have that Gotham Metropolis right next to each other play again, like we have talked, you know, about and how they keep changing and whatnot. Uh, but you have Superman then doesn't know how much it is spread, and he's upset. But then out of nowhere, he's Batman's very worried. Hey, are you okay? Have you slept? Have you done this? Are you sure that you're not bizarroed up? And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And then he looks in the mirror and sees a bizarro, and it gets a little wonky in my good, mind. Buddy. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm not even fine. the idea of that, because with the magic and bizarro of the mind going on, for one moment, it seemed like Superman became a bizarro again in the storyline. It started killing people left and right, only for this to be a whole thing of the mind that Bizarro was putting him through. And it's just like it felt really weird to like you know jump into this point where you don't realize what's happening because you don't know the extent of Bizarro magic at this point. So when you finally come to that, 
Oh, that was a weird little take. I and thought then that, that a was kind of lame. I thought that it was, was kind of a, a lame way to do it uh, because you're taking advantage of the stuff. And it was kind of agreed. And the, the thing is, though, like I'm sitting here reading this like, oh, my God, I know he's bizarre enough. But how does Superman come back from this? He just Me and you both so were thinking the people. same thing. I'm thinking to myself. Can he get away with just saying it was bizarro? Because this well, seems really bizarro. bad. That was really bad. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to? Oh, was up the and it that felt cheap. It felt very cheap to me. Usually, you'll start an issue like that or end a clip, but right in the middle, I don't know where you get that without any sort of really in or out of it, and it, it felt like a cheap play to make you just like, oh my god, because like I said, not a ton is happening, but I'm interested in a lot of the stuff that's happening. It's just. I want to get to the next issue. But oh, and, well, that's the, the thing. And the book looks great. That's going on. Yeah, yeah it looks it. It's like so, pretty much the Omega Man with Superman trying to keep things under control with a bunch of mutants running around, telling him how much he hated him and spitting in his face. To the point when we have a flashback, though, where Bizarro is like, look, how does this feel, buddy? You know, the idea that you're the most despised man there is. But, you know, in Bizarro talk. But when you have this, you see weeks earlier when flashback uh, to a flashback where Bizarro first comes to Metropolis, like for the beginning of the story, it seems like, but it still feels out of place where he first comes here. And everybody's like, oh, my God, it's that stupid ass Bizarro. How is he even a Superman They are talking so much shit for a guy who's essentially a Superman villain who looks like Superman with Superman powers. I'm like, you guys are taking your lives in your hands really risky in this, as far as I'm concerned. But it really, it just leads to Bizarro crying as he goes away. He's upset that everybody Me hates him and thinks it's a goddamn joke. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how does this take place there to the point where, like, this is where he decides, like, is he magic up yet at this point? Did he then go off Doesn't, the planet? Yeah, like, that's know, weird. It, it feels like a weird little change here, but this is what he's essentially putting Superman through now with what he experienced when he first came to Metropolis for help because his planet is lost in the multiverse. Yeah, and we, we talked about it in the first issue. You did have that play, and even me and you just talking that I said I think this is kind of neat because a lot of people – they do think Bizarro's a joke. You don't. We, we talked about this the last time we talked about, you know, action comics. You like Bizarro because he's one of his bigger villains. It doesn't matter, you know, you think he's, oh, he's a blow. slow Superman. But one of the things about him is that makes him dangerous. That It's like, yeah, and he could go toe-to-toe. It doesn't matter if he's a little slower. He says things backward. He still is a Superman He's he's strong as hell. He drives me nuts with Bizarro talk, but he's upper echelon Superman villains as far as I'm concerned. Even the idea of Mister Mixel Splitlick, I hate saying that damn name. The idea of this fifth dimensional he has he has unlimited power until he get, make his ass say co tipsies him. I think that's stupid as shit, but he's still one of the top tier Superman villains. And and just because he's goofy doesn't mean he can't just wink out everybody with a thought. He doesn't exactly. maybe because he's goofy, but it is crazy. And here's again. Normally, you know, I would end up saying, oh, here we go again, trying to make a sympathetic. But Bizarro is always sympathetic, even if he is a big. Except for when it seemed like he was beating on his family, but like, you know, like I think it was around death metal at the time. Yeah, but he was just loving them, Eric. It's the opposite. Yeah. And he was, that was a hug, or he was telling them a message. So you end up all this going on, and it just, I don't mind the idea that, okay, he's upset. This is going to have to, because. You're not ever going to like Superman's not going to throw Bizarro in the sun. He's going to have to try to work this out. And what will probably happen is Superman will try to help him or whatever to get the actual Bizarro world back, which is fine because at the end, Bizarro, he's a threat, but he's a threat. It's weird. He's not off like he's not evil. He just does opposite. So when he comes and he does get he's like a Frankenstein. 
You know, he didn't want to hurt the girl, Eric, right? He just a, well, he's got an abnormal brain, so who knows what he actually wanted exactly. to do with the whole thing. But you have a four-issue series now, and pretty much it feels like Jason Aaron with this series has – we've seen Bizarro do more damage than any other Superman villain in a long time, it feels like, with the amount of the, – the plot that we're actually, like, I'm, like reading right now. So I'm like, Trump this is crazy destroyed. to me. And not only that, it's spreading. We have everything on the outskirts spreading out in like all directions where it's continuing to turn people into bizarros where nobody can contain this shit. Bizarro has become the biggest threat in the longest time of Superman. You could say, we're award this and all of the other like, you oh, know, yeah. Sister Shadow. I don't know who's going to say Sister Shadow, but you can. But this Sister is the real Shadow. threat as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen this much damage in a threat since Rogozar. You know what I'm exactly. saying, Eric? So when you have all this, though, I did see some people on this is where, again, people start to tie things. Oh, why are we doing this when in the Batman book we end up going to the future? Of that? I'm like, what are you doing? Don't what? try to play. Yeah, they're like, no. this is just the same as the Joker zombie apocalypse in the future. I'm like, why are you jumping to these things to not like? So, like, just have fun with this. And it is a, a kind of a cool play what Jason Aaron's doing because, again, Bizarre, a lot of people look at him as a goof, as a joke. And this isn't a joke. I mean, this isn't a joke. The shit that's and going on. That's not only a joke, serious. but it's also a different bizarre than you've ever seen before, which is interesting. And really, you know, magicked up. And that's where you do get Constantine and Blue Devil. And that's, I'm I'm waiting for more of that because this is now Superman Superstars, the action comics. And when you see that pop up, when you see Constantine and Blue Devil, and they even mention Zatanna and Xanadu, yeah. and Xanadu we'll talk about later. And Dr. Fate. To, it, and Dr. Fate. It starts to feel like we could get that, you know, that little feeling that we have well, in that the world's, world's finest. finest. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And that's, we like that. And Anybody I can like, be here. What I really do like in this, where, again, I just said, don't worry about other books or whatever. But one of the things a lot of people also say, oh, if this was happening in Metropolis, Batman would definitely get involved. And usually you have the opposite. Man, Batman's in trouble. Super. I like that Batman is involved, and then it spreads. He's trying to help. Well, even the he's idea outside that he, the deal. he's Batman. He knows he has to stay on the outside because everybody's getting infected. And if you want to go along the lines of like you know saying oh, like the um, Joker year to one story, where it's the whole idea that everybody's been taken over by the Joker, you got to remain sane in this whole thing. You can't let yourself get infected, no matter what, because all hope is lost. You can't do anybody any good. So Batman staying on the outskirts of this makes complete sense for the character, because he's doing what he can without getting his ass all freaking bizarro up. So we don't need Bat-Zaro running around, do we? Yes, no. we <laughs> Yeah, we do. So you have all this going on. I'm telling you, when he starts, like, freaking out, and then he just heat, boom, these people. And then I'm thinking, is he just giving it a little tan? Like, oh, no, no, the chopper. And he, he just rips it apart. I'm like, what the fuck? And then you get, so this is the weird play, though, when you end up where I'm sitting there, what are you doing, Jason Aaron? Because that seems real cheap, like I said. And it doesn't work in the idea of, oh, I get it. Opposite. It's like, it's up the mind. Stop it. It's nonsense. And so when that happens, where you said Lois is the main bizarro talk, you know, divorce me, divorce me again. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, she's like, get out of town, jerk. I'm like, Okay, well, what does that mean? And But she starts breaking out of it because he says, I'm not going anywhere, Miss Lane, which then she must be like, oh, thank God he's leaving. <laughs> that joke. But then she says, go away, Superman. No, wait, come back. Clark? Clark, who's Clark? Go away, Superman. I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking Like, It's just going on in her mind and kind of swirling around. But is it wearing off? Is it the love of a, a good man? Is it? I, I don't know. 
I, it's Look, weird. I'm also concerned at this point the idea that this is a magic spell that even Bizarro didn't seem to fully understand what he was doing, just doing it to achieve his goals. This could just be a whammy on Superman where he's witnessing this all of the mind and he's actually like nothing of this is actually happening. Well, remember, I said, and I think I was talking to Zach about it uh, a bit more. In my mind, I thought the cool play would be that Superman's like, oh, my God, everybody's it's Bizarro world, Bizarro Matra. But it was that everybody was regular and he was Bizarro. He was just seeing opposite, which would be all crazy. And that I kind of got that feel by the end of the idea of him seeing weird deals and maybe being manipulated. There's a lot going on to get to where we are, where we're just kind of where we are. I mean, we saw Bizarro World. We get to see what that is. But then we have to move on and see how we can solve it. We have But you lead to a very interesting place, this whole idea, because by the time neat. this is all said and done, Superman yeah. leaves Metropolis and just hopes that everybody doesn't kill each other while he's gone because <laughs> he does need help. But he realizes this whole thing is spread way farther than he ever realized because even with that, his powers are acting wonky. He can't see and hear as much as he used to with the idea because Bizarro is the, the spell work is working against him. But he goes to Metropolis with the one like Hail Mary idea because if the world turned upside down, who's going to be the sanest man alive who can help me get out of the cell? The Joker. And the Joker in this world with all the magic going on has become the sanest man on Bizarro World. And he, he he's all about helping. The man's even holding an umbrella in the rain. You know he he's safe. is. I think at the end we get that classic. Okay, now I'll, I'll save you from being Bizarro. Oh, shit. He was never Bizarro. And if you do – and he's just – He's having the five fun. jokers. And you know why you you know why you could do that? Because you can't tell if his skin's changed because he's already that white skin. And I think that's what he's doing. I think that's the play. I think at the end it's gonna be, hey, I'll change you back. Oh, I was never changed. I was just having fun. Waka waka. And then he runs away. <laughs> waka waka. When waka, when you waka. have that though, it, it is really cool that at the end you I didn't expect it. But again, that's again the all stars kind of feel of it. And we don't know where's Batman. Is he done? And also, it Bad does Zorro. feel it does feel like you have Constantine and Blue Devil. Like they don't seem that concerned with turning. So their magic, they seem to have at least like their idea of how they can maybe counteract them. Not hopefully Bizarro's now didn't work for Doctor Fate, but hopefully they got this under control. I wanted to like that's the thing I want to ask you and and. A lot of times you'll think of opposite, you know, hey, if you love say hate, but sometimes it's not that clear or whatever. I mean, does Dr. Fate become Dr. Hate, Eric does, it, or does he become an agent of chaos? But they probably wouldn't want him. There's a lot of weird things with Dr. Fate that I would have liked to have I seen I think you want to be an agent of chaos in a bizarre form, but I don't think he'd understand how to do it, so it wouldn't matter That's anyway. Good. I think that it'd be kind of funny where it's almost like, like I think he would do some that. magical thing and he'd just end up making s'mores in front of a fire. I wanted to see it. That's what I wanted to see because I don't think he's full out, you know, chaos, uh, agent of chaos. It would be him wanting to be and trying to think of what that would be. It's kind of funny. Also, I think that we saw everything that i've always asked because in this as a bizarro bibbo is not picking up kids that means that normally he's sus right that's what it shows me i like that he's sitting there him and his wild bunch there and watching <laughs> and on the tv don't look up and th- that was when i actually thought it's like okay is it don't look up or is the opposite look down <laughs> This is the shit that drives me nuts. But that was kind of funny. Where Superman it is on a the problem, thing that says, I was able up. to, see, but the idea where I could take you know this is something that Bizarro was doing to Superman to make him look like the pariah that you know Bizarro feels like the entire time. 
he is he's created a bizarre world where you don't have to follow all bizarre rules because you're just getting trying to get a point of cross that you can understand because again it drives you nuts trying to follow along with what you think are bizarre rules but by the end of the day you really don't want to follow bizarre rules because no, it's going to drive you, you nuts I mean, you have the simple thing of like, hey, I got to go do this. And then you're like, well, do they not have to do it? Or are they going to do something? It gets so wonky. And I, like I said, I'm trying to go with the idea that I can allow myself to understand what's going yeah. on through the point of view that we've fine. got in the story. But I don't know that to be the case. So it is I don't a detriment either. to this issue because I'm making up my own rules to try to satiate my curiosity for why this is going on this way because it's not how it normally should be. Because normally – It'll make me insane and I won't want to read it anymore, but I'm still enjoying reading because it's not over the top. Yeah, and like Lois is burning the books, like you said, action, all that, and she's, we burn these books for freedom. Okay, yep, we're just, for knowledge, we fight fascism yeah. outside, we do this in the name of the, oh, what happened there? Like, what are you doing? Are you not doing it? Because she is doing opposite, but then isn't, and then just says, here in Metropolis, all are free, free to be bizarre. Well, there's always oh. a problem. And I'm like, uh, it is, it really is, and I kind of, I don't know. I, I expect some. And I thought I actually sat there. I'm like, what would my rules be? And then I'm thinking, well, maybe when people get real excited, that's when it comes. But that's not always the case. And what ooh, emotional. Eh, that's not really the case. And I almost want to come up with a set of rules. And that, that what I would do at the beginning, I'd have Johnny DC come out and explain a little chalkboard. Here's Johnny DC. Fellas. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just you go with it. And I think that what you end up having here, you might agree. A lot of the jokes are going to be from the opposite deal, but when you need to give information, just tell it normally and let's go yeah. with it. That seems to be like we right? need to get to a point though, like like the idea when you have different languages and different things are spe- like spelled out and different like fonts of colors and stuff. Maybe we need that for Bizarro as well. So when you know it's supposed to be opposite, here you go. Here's the little clue. Here's a little ding sound. I I just re- I really want to like I want to come up with some like Jeff Johns esque way to explain. Why certain times it, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure. No, I do. I do think I'm one just going thing, with magic. I think that at one, yeah. And one thing here though, uh, I I don't often know who the mayor of Metropolis is. What's going on? But they might want to look into slightly better gun control. There are there are people with assault rifles out of nowhere. It's America. You, you, you just end up a teenager. He walks out. He's got three AKs shooting, brute tooting. There's when he grabs all those guns. There's way too many guns. I mean, no, for the city. I thought that, well, he's just there at the plaza. I mean, he's just there where they're spray painting shit on the, the big statue. It did feel bad for Bizarro, though. And it reminded me of the flowers for Bizarro that I always bring up by Christos Gage, where he was able to not be Bizarro. But then when he started reverting, he was so sad because, again, people look at him as a joke. And he said, I'm not dumb. I'm not a joke. It's just that's how it comes out because of that. Almost like a a speech impediment or a little bit yeah. of a not even a meta. It's more like a, a like dyslexia. Like he he's not. Oh, it's so he is a very interesting character. It's just when he shows up, nonsense follows with the bizarre. And talk, that's so. usually why I like to stick with the clone bizarre. And that's the thing. The clone, though, to me, I like the fun of the bizarre world. Bizarre. The clone has his own little things to be upset about, and it just kind of brings me down. I like to, 
I just it's it's wacky. It's wacky. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think this is like a lesser in my mind than the previous issue because I was full of wonder what we had going on there with the magic involved. I was all about seeing the city of Bizarro take place, and we did get to see that. It's just not as exciting as I want it to be because it takes place over a course of weeks where Superman's running himself ragged, just trying to make sure that people don't kill each other, and it's fine. But it just didn't get to the points that I wanted to be, and the idea where I spent most of the issue reading it, trying to wonder what the rules are with Bizarro speech, took me out of my the issue a little bit, which is actually crazy to me for the idea that I'm thinking of other things while trying to understand an action comics issue. But I still like we're going with this because it's still a different kind of story with a different kind of Bizarro than we've ever seen before, and I still think it's interesting, interesting especially with Superman team, teaming up with a Bizarro Joker, who's the sanest man in the world at this point in time. So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten, but it's not as it's not on the, the pedestal that I thought it like the first issue was in the story. I'm a 7 out of 10 as well. And you know what's cool, though, is, you know, I was wary of Jason Aaron coming over to D.C. Obviously, we, this is probably my least favorite issue that he's done so far, and I still like it. it that, yeah. That's what I like about the whole play is that this might be, I think, the way. But it also is, it feels like a transition issue. He wants to show Bizarre World. That is dominating this, so we'll get back to, like, real cool stuff with the Joker. But still... If your worst issue you've had is a seven, I'll, I'll take Good that any day. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. And I think that the art in this, supoid, as they say, John kills it. It's so good. So cool. And just as an aside, just one last thing. When you get to the end and you see the Joker, and I was kind of joking about, is he this? Is he bizarre? It does show you that kind of they do. They do look Jokerized at points. And it kind of plays off that deal. That pilot looks straight up jokerized, and it's kind of a neat little play with all of that. But, uh, yeah, there you go. We're going to move on to the next book. What is that, Eric? Batman and Robin, number six, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Nicholas Ismezia, Rex Locus, and Steve Wands. And it's such a weird idea that we're at the, what we consider like the ending to the first arc of a series and stuff like that. And, uh, we have this whole idea that we went down a, like a branching path on a side quest here to deal with the supposed son of Zaz in the previous issue. And even the idea where it's like, okay, Damien's in school. He thinks that his principal might be his old teacher, Mistress Harsh. And I don't know what I'm supposed to take from any of this except for the joy that I love seeing flatline by the end because everything just feels so paused from the story that we started off with. And I don't understand why. Because, you know, we... we don't really see this that often like the lazarus tournament i'm telling you this is exact when we ended up oh man this lazarus tournament this is going to be great by issue six we had no idea what was going on and it, it went off to you know to nothingness and we were getting character work but i like the character work that's what he does well and i do like the batman and robin stuff in here i actually like the zaz stuff which kind of gives you that oh he could have been a sinister son the way that it plays out Zach but in says. that yeah, yeah, and in that you have the bad comes thing, though, that out like he's Storm Shadow because even when we saw Storm Shadow, I thought he was like kick ass. I mean, like, yeah. so crazy. It's a thing, right? though. Like we have Batman and Robin investigating this boy who they saw had a little shrine in this like you know dilapidated apartment of Victor Zass. So we got to keep an eye on him. We got to check out. He's an honor roll student. He's great at all the sports. All the kids like him. There's nothing really remotely like wrong with him that we can see on the surface, like uh, surface uh, face value. I'm sorry. But the idea then, it's like, okay, for also out of nowhere, we got to we gotta move Victor Zaz because he has an appeal coming up. And then all of a sudden, Zaz, Zaz comes out of here looking like Storm Shadow and is able to free his supposed psychopath father. And then we just have this big tussle. And it just always feels like a weird situation for Zaz to be this kind of threat because he is a wild animal to a degree. He has been in the past, but here he's just almost shackled up and he becomes this gigantic threat because of this 
goalie soccer player kid at Gotham High School, and it just feels it feels weird. It, just, it like, is weird. Had this just come to a head out of nowhere, and that's that's what we keep. Joshua Williamson, he is a man of ideas, and sometimes it seems these ideas just randomly pop into his head, and then he derails everything he's been writing to then force it because. If you were going to tell, if, if we, the shush stuff is, is not good. I, no. the, the whole idea of the man bat stuff, the, the pheromones on the Batman. Oh Why my God, the bats want to hump your now? deal. I don't know. And so all that stuff, just throw that out. I like the stuff at the school and you could have just had Damien at the school. Like, Academy, Jim. like, well, and sitting, <laughs> it kind of is because everybody who shows up is related <laughs> or saying they are, but I wouldn't have minded just a idea of Batman and Robin. Trying to get back together, you know, a little cat in the cradle type deal. But then the father-son action. When Damien goes to school, he wrecked this lady, this principal. Oh, my God. She seems mistress. That's enough for me. That Enough for me of uh, of a former, you know, mentor, teacher of his that he thought was dead. That's now the principal. And what are they up to? That is, to me, a pretty cool background to a story. But then you, oh, she might also be shush. But then also, what's going on with the terrible trio? Oh, the, the splicing of, of animals. Oh, my God, the, the man bat. It's, why are we having all these things in six? It's nonsense. Because what I do like is the little bits of, hey, son, what are you throwing there? I don't know why I like it so much, Look, but I Bruce do. Bruce Wayne coming into Damien's room to see his little manga that he's drawing. Where the, he saw the other kids making fun of Damien at school, calling him art boy. Hey, what's all that about? Here, let me show you, father. And they go through the Damien vein, like little manga that he's drawing. I'm like, this is fun. And I, I enjoy it enough. But It's it, not a full know, issue. I'm not going to say that agreed. that's enough. But it's, 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 a, it's a fine moment. I like it. Did you think that he was going to say, listen, you might want to do a little more of a name change than Damien Vane. <laughs> but he does what like a, it. And I, what is the bad guy of the story? The Prince of Crows? Is that the bad guy of the story? Because he's pretty much just drawing, you know, the, um, the Robin, it's the Robin King who from laughs. Death Metal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's all it is. It, it definitely is. And so, but with the, all that, when Bruce actually says, and again, I'm here for, da- I love Damien. If you don't like Damien, I don't think you're going to like this book. But, but this is a better Damien, though. When Bruce actually says, hey, listen, I, I was forcing you to go to school. You know, it was kind of silly. I have to admit, I never went to public school like this. And it was kind of like almost like a, a father wanting his kid to play sports. He wanted to live through him going. You don't have to go. But Damien's still. I like that. Like, that's a really good well, Bruce Wayne moment. He says he didn't go to high school. But then I'm starting to think like. What are we playing with? Or are we doing zero a year? Oh, I know. Like, well, I'm that's to why I said I feel like, private school. Or public I'm trying school to think about it because, weird. you know, Bruce Bruce did go to different like things like, you know, Gotham Academy. He was a legacy there and stuff. But I'm just trying to think of the idea. Like, did he drop out of high school to start Batman stuff early? Because I, I like to think that I think he got through high school and then went off to become Batman at that point. But like this feels like. Hey, I didn't go to high school. Either. You ain't got to go, silly yeah. boy. Hey. And, but it was more of the, he says, I didn't go, so I wanted you to go because I never got to experience. I thought it'd be kind of cool to see how it was. But once he sees he's being bullied, he kind of like, and also has to keep Damien from beating the crap out of, out of Zach because he could. Uh, Zach but, says. You know, yeah, so, but. but even the idea of Zach Zazzo that we have, you know, which again, just came out of nowhere last issue. It's fit, It's done this issue, but. What do you find? What do you think would have been a better play? That Zach was actually Zaz, Victor Zaz's son, which we've getting a lot of that lately, and people are tired of the idea of that. Or what we get in this issue, though, it's like, 
Oh no, it turns out that Zack's parents were killed by Zaz years ago, but he like he created a false memory in his mind where Zaz was his real father and killed his parents because he wanted them back so bad and he stuck with that. I'm like that, That's that weird. Works. It it's works weird. though. It is that, you know, because he was so traumatized by well, his even parents, the idea made it though, like I, we have a honorable student here who changed his name from what he was previously, who's living on his own, though. Yeah, he where, ran away why, from the how can he system. live on his own? That's where, crazy. Where is his credentials? How did he get into school know. and all this other stuff? Because apparently he's living under an assumed name. He lives by himself. His parents were murdered, ran away from foster care. I'm like, I don't understand how this works. And I don't know, like, because of this, what I would have liked better. This answer or he is Victor Zaz's for, like, you know, begotten son. Yeah, and and then you know you feel bad for him when Sass is like, "You can't be my son. I'd have a tougher son. Kids. You cry, baby, and probably your dad <laughs> hates you." And so you have all that going. But I wanted them at one point where Sass is like, "Oh, we can team up and they be the dynamic duo." See, Eric, that's where that's <laughs> wordplay. I, I was coming up with all the dynamic duo. You know what the thing is. You continue this story for some asinine reason, don't want to get back to shush and, you know, man bat, but you continue this asinine story and you have a cover with Zaz and Storm Shadow on here and it says that. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? See, I was good. How about, would you go, like, if they were a team, Slice and Dice? You like that one? No, no. How about Notch and Goal? Might as well just be Tim Seeley's hack and slash (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Notch and Goal Poster. Uh, But when you have this, how is this kid? Like, yeah, he's trained and that's, again, it's very forced up. We have the goalie, just came out of nowhere. He's notching up the goalpost when he says, and now all of a sudden he thinks he's the son of Victor Zaz, and now he's fully trained commando. Comes well, out, that's thing. is able to even, free him. It's it's insane. Even Batman and Robin talk about the idea, like, this is more than just, you know, this kid can do. He was trained, and I know for a fact that it was Principal Stone who trained him because she is actually Mistress Harsh, my old trainer. So you know what I'm going to do, Father? I'm going to confront Mistress Harsh and tell her, I know who you are, Mistress Harsh. And then she says, hey, is that a new nickname the kids would give me? Even Shush? Because he says that like she's that. Shush as well. Yeah. But, like, I don't know what you do with this because it feels such a, like a weird idea for Damian Wayne and, and Bruce Wayne just to confront her in this way outside of anything. Not even do Batman or Robin surveillance. And hold, yeah, the biggest play is, nah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. I did like when she's like, oh, that's funny. Is that what the kids are calling What an imagination. Mistress Harsh. Oh, my God. And then you're like, if she didn't know. Batman, Robin, Damien, Bruce Wayne. Like, now she definitely does, though. It'd be easy to figure it out before anyway. But when she's doing all this, it's weird because I, I, it's in front of everybody. Also, I think that at one point, I'm the world's greatest detective. But if you do think that Zach was, or not Zach, the goalie was trained, uh, that's a lot of training. That's Zach. And, and I, I thought Zach was the bully, uh, or that's Shay. That's Shay. <laughs> Get them all in. So Zach, just think about how I treat you and go with what the boy's name is. I'm right, but you, yeah. I, I also think that kid was athletic and he throws it all out the window. So you end up where <laughs> this is going on, though. But like, Shut up, Shay. If, you, if you're gonna train this kid, like this kid is trained, right? I mean, he is, you know, suburban commando here going, and then all that. Storm why don't Shadow. you just? Why don't you yeah, storm shadow? But follow her. I mean, if you're there at the soccer, you're doing soccer things. Okay, you're already undercover. You're doing that. But this is beyond the soccer. So where is it that the principal in what had to be looked at as a non-sus way says, hey, boys, hey, boys, come over to my house for some extra work. Like, this doesn't work. I'm there. And there has to be 
uh, other thing. You could just follow her home. Oh, she just wants me to train. Uh. But there you are the whole time you thought that she wanted you to run a train. That's not what happened. Uh, I'll give her the one thing, though. Is she's really into the state championship? Like <laughs> she's really care, and well, it's just, weird. Just, just think about the idea, though, because we have this weird connection where, like, Damien suspects Zach to be better than he is, and that's where they figure out that he is, you know, worshiping Victor Zaz in his little rundown apartment. When you're actually taking time away from everything that we're doing in this run to investigate a kid who Damien has a hunch on, he also has a hunch that his principal is Shush and a former teacher of him when he was in the League of Assassins, but we're not investigating her. What the fuck is that? I know. He also thinks that possibly he might be really good at the manga. But what it reminds me, I don't know if you read read Southern Bastards, where you end up having this football coach and the rest of the football team does his dirty business. That's what this reminds me of. I'm almost upset because you end up having Shay and the rest of the guys. I kind of want them to have been walking around like Kiefer Sutherland in uh, Lost Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Yeah, I yeah. want that, or they're like the craft. It's like they're they're like the outside. They're always walking around looking at shit and stuff and everybody, ooh, watch out for them. They're the side. But you never got that. And I think that he's making this watch shit up on the, the fly. Kids. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you'd have them and they're always together and they're almost always like the doing band crazy kids shit. at Halloween ends, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of the vampires and lost. That and works. then all of a sudden, sexy sax man comes out. Do they know what's going on? Are they part of it? Was it just this Zach? Because Damien's right. They're right there. And he's like, I know that you're my former this and that. Other. And then Shay goes, oh, man, you're crazy. And then they walk. But do they know? And what's it's weird? Like, this should have been the setup up to these issues instead of terrible trio splicing shush nonsense i agree uh and then we're here and it's working enough for me because i like the moments but the overall story again it's being lost like the last well, thing is the idea of zach zaz not being the fight like this is a little side quest that we're doing away from the actual story it doesn't go anywhere and it ends right here i'm like okay i think this lady is shush let's confront her does nothing with this whole thing. And ultimately, hey, there's a like a report that some man bat stuff that I've I fully sensors all over his old labs, and this one's been tripped. Let's go Batman robbing this shit up. We're out of nowhere. There's a man bat cult talking about how much they love the man bat. And so it's Batman and Robin have to get ready to go take these things on. But out of nowhere, Flatline shows up and hey, stranger, you never call, you never write. And Batman's like, wanna introduce you to your, your friend, son? Yeah, and so when when you're doing this too, I, I kind of wish he's looking at the manga. You know, the little guy, the, the story that Damien's making. And I really wish Bruce would have said, hey, uh, you got to stick to the main story. Don't feel like he's, you know, making fun of himself. But you see this girl. Oh, I like when he says, who's what's this girl's name? And then, he, oh, that's Nika, Nika Noir. Nika Noir. Oh, right. And he says, right. OK, that's not totally what I meant. What the fuck else did you mean? Who'd you base this off of? Yeah, it, that's what you should say. But he says, what's her name? But he really wants Ooh, to know, you is, kiss there, my boy? is there a real thing? And he's like, oh, that that's Tim Drake. Like, oh, my God. So you end up, and then at the end, that's where the smile is. Oh, my God, that's the girl. And it well, is that, like, kind of neat thing, little though. play. But am, am I remembering things wrong? But I thought that Bruce had already met Flatline in one of the stories that we're dealing with. I know at the one point, Tayo was losing her mind with Rachel Ghoul about the idea that her son is dating and stuff. But I thought later on, maybe it was Lazarus something or other, that they had – that they had like seen him. Maybe even Talia and him were talking about the idea of this. I thought too in my mind, I'm trying to remember back. But yeah, because remember they were together and they, yeah. So, but uh, another thing that kind of throws me off a little. Back up. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, one of the other things that kind of throws me off here, and I, I, what we need is Flatline 
Like, okay, get me a uniform. Let's go. Like, she's now going to be the badass new student. Everybody's going to want to know the mysterious girl who just showed up. But in the meantime, when we Honestly, had the that's annual, not a bad idea. But the thing is, oh, I, 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 so I don't much know fun with that. The thing is, like, is she naturally that pale? Is it a part of her powers? But like, if we have Flatline in here, let's you know use Bruce's you know not you know billions, but enough money and clout to get her enrolled in school undercover to try to infiltrate this game. Because obviously, Damien's can't go in because they know who he is, or at least to suspect things. So is that why she's here? I don't know. Straight up goth girl. She goes in, she's like, hey, boys. Uh, one of the things that threw me off. Because but do you remember, put Ali Sheedy on the soccer team? Well, I know Flatline would be pretty good at this, but yes, I would put Ali Sheedy on the <laughs> soccer team. Uh, so when, when you're going through this, we had an annual just recently, a couple of weeks ago. And in that, Damien at one point said, hey, I kind of wish we were just Batman and Robin. And then it's kind of repeated opposite way with Batman here. And it felt off, but that was an annual. It kind of was weird yeah. play. But overall, I like Bruce wanting to get closer. It doesn't make a lick of sense in anything else that was going on. It didn't when you first started during Gotham War, but I like this as a separate book to kind of get that. But I need more than that. I don't want this to be a book again that we have 16 issues. And at the end, we're like, I love the characters, but these stories were bullshit. That seems to be Joshua Williamson's MO. He's, He's really good at points with the characters. But that gets old. You need the story. And this story really is a wreck, even though I like this part. I like them in school. I hope Flatline yeah, goes fine. And even the idea of Flatline showed up, I love. I think Damien's right back to school the next day. When Should Bruce be. says, you don't have to go, he's like, no, no, I think I will. He yelled out in front of everybody, you're my old tra-. Like, you shouldn't have had that happen. But they And she's like, no, he's just going to be in school with, with Flatline. Then she's going to start dating that Shay guy. <laughs> it's going to oh, be yeah. trouble. I, I don't know how we're going to play it. Or it, I, I want her to be on the soccer team though. But I do want her to go to school and Hopefully see she how she reacts to that. Yeah, you know, whatever happens, come see, come saw is what I say when you're in high school. But it's kind of fun. But I, I want. It's one of those where. It, go for it. Like it, it's almost like Joshua Williamson's. Like that shush shit sucked. But I still need to show a little, but you're not showing enough. Then you get in the school, and I want more of that. Like, really go for the the clicks. Really go for, like I said, have it like the craft or the faculty or whatever the hell like, we bring up. But you're not going far. But Breakfast club. And then, yeah, but then at the last minute, you're like, oh, no, man. Bat. You're like, Jesus Christ, we don't need. like With his coat. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, Joshua Williamson does the shit, though. Things change within arcs, within issues. More arcs like Paradox with the whole Flash deal where the rules just change. Things are thrown out. Everybody's this and that. And it is infuriating, but I like the characters. So there you go. I love Damien. Here's the book with Damien. But what would you give this? It's weird. I want to give it a 6 out of 10, but I feel that's too high for the story that we got in this, and even the side quest angle of because we're not experiencing, like, we're not doing the actual story that we started with, which should be the main goal in my mind. And the one point we do, it just says, you know, hey, are you shush or Mr. Sush? No. Oh, I know you are. And that's as far as we take the whole thing. So it's infuriating. But again, the stuff with Bruce and Damien, it's fine, and I enjoy it. I love seeing Flatline jo- show back up. But is that enough to get me to a six? Because I want to go it's, down to a five. I'm higher than you. It's weird. I, I'm going to go to High six to be to be optimistic, like you know, for the optimism of it. But I don't know about overall. Like, it's just one of these stories that or series uh, that I just can't fully wrap my head around because I don't think Joshua Williamson has wrapped his head around it yet. No, I, I I'm a seven because of the personal moment. 
that goofy ass grin at the end with Bruce. I'm like, you stupid looking man. I, I don't like you. I love you. Yeah, it looks weird. And the art is kind of back and forth. I like the art a little more in this issue than we have in, in a couple of the others, and even like the Simone de Mayo, but with uh, uh here, I think it's okay. Uh, but overall, I just, I have, you almost have to forget shit to like it, and I kind of want to forget that shit, but then it's thrown <laughs> in your face like the shush, and the, it just, I don't know. That's not interesting, but it's kind of cool to see them getting along. But really, Damien is smarter to me than just going up to Mistress Harsh, Principal Stone, and laying it on the line. Well, that's what happens when you socialize with kids your own age, you get emotional. I guess. And you lay it on the You end up where the whole play is like, that's your that's your punchline deal. That is the, the kicker. If it fails, it's almost what it reminds me of is that awful, awful thing in the Birds of Prey. Why don't we ask Wonder Woman if we could just go, oh, she might say no, we'll have to fight. This is that moment of, I'm going to say this, and no matter, things might go really bad. And it kind of does by her just saying, no, and what do you yeah. do from there? There's no anything else then. Oh, I'm I'm going to keep on checking. You've showed your hand. Why would you do that? Yeah, why? And Damien's too smart for that, but he is pissed. But yeah, I think it was like, father, what should we do? I think he, she's training the kids. Why don't we follow them well, to where they train? Exactly, let's investigate. That's all, that's all you need to do. And do what I taught you, boy. I make the, the joke, but they pretty much have done nothing, and they're all out of ideas because they haven't really invested. Damien joined oh. the soccer team what seemed like yesterday, and now all of a sudden he just throws it out there. Why even do that? And and is he on the soccer team still? She wants to win the championship. He's pretty good. Pretty good, Eric. Uh, but yeah, I'm a seven. I like the personal moments. I do also like where... Is that Batman's wonky hand that that's smoking, and and when he hits Zaz, that that threw me off too. It looks no like idea. his hands on fire, and Zaz is like breathing out smoke, and I don't know what's going on there. But they're going to get help for Zach. I do also. Good. I will point out sometimes you get a little eye roll with like it's not politics; it's it's comic booky politics. When Damien actually says Zaz, they should fucking throw him in a hole and throw away the key, and Batman just goes. That's not how it works. I kind of like that. Like, you know, Damien would just, and Damien did want to end it. Like, he's like, this is fucking done. I'm in it. You, you say this. We have seen Damien lock people in a hole yeah. and throw oh, away I the know. key. That's why I like it. That's what Damien would say. And, and Batman just is like, that's not, that's not how things work. So, and I'd like that he said it. Tell that the KG beast, daddy Yeah, but oh, that would be holy moly. And then Batman's like, why did I tell you when we were out camping? And make him smart <laughs> about my worst. And then he's like, that didn't happen. I'm like, yeah, tell me also about KG Beast in Siberia, asshole. And then he just says, brother blood. And then Damien shuts the fuck up and walks yeah, away. Yeah, right, he does. Right, he definitely does. Uh, but Nobody. I'm a, <laughs> the list goes on and on. Mammoth. You know, like just, you, you used fine. him to work. He's working at the carnival. And that was pretty he's cool. Fine. Yeah, he is. But we're going to move on to the last book of the section. The last book for you this week. Eric, I think I, I was just going to say, I think you like this, but I, I don't know with you. You are a no, wild no, card. No, you don't. You are such a, oh my, you just tipped your hand. You're like Damian Wayne. Can I be your flatline, Eric? Is, <laughs> is, is everybody ready for the emotional spectrum <laughs> to be wonky? <laughs> are you ready I, for that? Eric, I don't think it's wonky. You you give it the, the deal. Let's get into this, Eric. Green Lantern number eight, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by Amanke, Nahulapan, Robbie Fajardo Jr., and Dave Sharp for our main story, at least, because we do have a backup. We'll get to that when we get to it, though. 
But here we are with the whole idea that Razor is a Blue Lantern on Earth and talks about the idea how the home planet of the Blue Lantern's Odin was destroyed and the main power battery exploded. But how Jordan in on this, hey, you need to get your ass together. We need to fly out there. We need to save the day. But I can't do that, Razor. And I'm just sitting here the whole time like, you know, this, there shouldn't be any Blue Lanterns. Look, I'm fine with you being here, but there shouldn't be Blue Lanterns. There shouldn't be a whole planet of Odin or a main power battery at this point in time because that was destroyed years ago. But do it, you do you, Razor. So it's just back to an issue, though. It's like, Maybe you don't want to leave the atmosphere. It's all with your willpower. It's not to ring hold you back. So we spend pages of Hal Jordan trying to fly into space and then like, like take his power taken away and then falling back. You know what, Razor? It's not me. It's the, it's the <laughs> ring. It won't let me do it. I'm like, come on. It's such a weird idea to have a thing where, oh, my God, Hal, you're trying to escape the atmosphere. Maybe you don't want to leave, and then he goes and no, no, it's just that no, I no. like I tried several times in this why? issue. I kept almost dying. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just like you could even leave that ambiguous that Razor says and Hal's like, listen, asshole, it's not that I'm fucking Hal Jordan, and then kind of, but he goes and it keeps attempting to do this thing, and then it's like, nope, it it's so weird. It, it why would you do that to waste that time? But I guess maybe. You end up, this really does feel like somebody was saying this to Jeremy Adams. It wasn't me, but somebody saying, you know what? What happened if it was he just, and he had to show you that it wasn't that. But we talk about this. Take that you off didn't the need table, to do yeah. that. You didn't need to do it. It's very odd. I think that there's some odd you things You could have in had him say it in like, you know, the idea that he had the same idea and off and I already tried, tried these things and move on. Yeah. There's weird things. I mean, even as they're doing this, and this is me and you were talking a little bit after we did our Patreon spotlight. We were kind of paging through. We weren't reading it. But you have that deal where Razor's like sniffing this bottle of Coke. And you don't say, I said it'd be really funny. He's like sniffing. You don't see the full bottle. And then you see he's guzzling down ketchup. And I thought, ah, that'd be goofy. But it says cola. And then later you get a Mountain Dew joke. It's the Dew Eric, of the Mountain. Eric, that upsets me. <laughs> that's, that's I was just upset that it wasn't soda or cola. But I agree. That was like, why would you have that drawn here when you're trying to make a Mountain Dew reference? But also, you can't have a Mountain Dew logo on there because you don't own that. No, but what you would do is just have it green, just green yeah, and a little red. But you didn't do it. Very odd. So when you're doing that thing, Carol, she shows up and she's like, Hey, why are you drinking after the deal? I wonder how to say, what the fuck do you want me to do? I just got the, I came home. I'm here at home and he's drinking a soda. Yeah, bitch. Like it was weird. Wow. Everything felt weird, but everything also felt. Well, that's the thing is I can, Jeremy I can Adams understand is Carol's point things. of view here because Carol's coming up because he never contacted her or anybody else after his big old like dust up with Sinestro. And the thing is, look, I had an alien friend come to town. We had to talk some things through. But this is the idea of will they, won't they with Carol and Hal. Because even the idea that he has to leave, she's upset about that. He says, look, all you have to do is tell me to stay and I will. And she's not able to because she has a fiance and she needs to move on. But she still loves Hal Jordan. I get this. This works perfectly for the character dynamic. And it's weird, though. Like in my you said uh, that guy, the fiance, God bless him. I don't know his name, but You're me he, he's a good guy. Oh, I yeah. mean, he seems really, really loves nice. Hal Jordan. Loves Hal Jordan. It's not handsy as far as we know, Eric, but who knows? Like, you almost wish he was. I hate to say this. Am I canceled? The idea where he's he a character good, flaw, so we don't like him does, so much. He is so, he's perfect. He is so good now. That's what worries you. But the idea where she comes, I wish, because the way this is being played, I, I don't want how to steal her from that guy. That's not right. So when he comes, you should have her act very sisterly. 
oh my god, I was worried about you. Ever slap him in the back? Oh my god, uh, you know, hey, I was worried. You never called me. I thought you were dead. I didn't know. And then Hal's like, hey, baby, like, what's going on? Like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get married. I have a fiance. Why do you keep going? And then have her, but you have her like forlorn. Oh, I still love that, and it, it feels odd. I know people want to them me. together to love works, Jim, but it makes Carol not great. Like, oh, she'll go with this guy no, no, until no. Hal comes back, and then right now it, it doesn't it feel makes right. Her understandable, like the whole idea of that, because people aren't two dimensional. They have these feelings, and they can't it's, help I, it. It's understandable, bitch. I end up sitting there. I'm like, yep, just like I mean, everybody has somebody in their life that that reminds them of. So yeah, it is relatable, Eric. But when you're doing this too, though. I, it feels, and Jeremy Adams has gone on record that he he's not a long, you know, running Green Lantern fan. It wasn't like a, he's doing a good job. I like what he's doing, but there's times where things pop up that feels like they're making him do it, and he's not explaining them quite. Pro- the Blue Lantern deal is way off. It's so off from what we've had. But do people even know that now? No, because right? the idea, though, when we had White Lantern Kyle Rayner, the reason he's not a White Lantern anymore is because the Guardians tried to get him to use his power on Saint Walker to try to reignite the, the, the Blue Lantern power. And it actually overcharges Rick to the point where it broke. He had to become a Green Lantern again, and he was not able to reignite the Blue Lantern Corps. So we were left with that. That's the last we ever heard of it. And so this is where I wonder what's going on, because there's Razor. He says, oh, my God, the blue battery, Kapui. And also on Yasmol, that's gone. And we already saw the yellow deal on Corridor. So what is happening? Is it that the emotional spectrum is wonky? Or is it more so that the United Planets is doing some fucked up shit with the batteries, the entities, and that's that's why I said at the beginning, is it wonky? Because it might be the idea that they're fucking with, that they want to make it their own thing, and the idea that, yeah, I think it's interesting. I need an explanation, though. It's interesting when you have the United Federation Corps come down to try to apprehend, you know, like uh, Razor and also Hal Jordan when he fights back, and the idea that they are able to trail off and do different things, like you have Green Lanterns here who become Yellow Lanterns or Blue Lanterns because of the, like, the, the idea that these are the batteries that have been expected to have exploded. So it's like, are they exploded so they can steal the power from themselves so they can cycle through and have all the power in the universe essentially through the emotional spectrum but when we have sinestro just become a red lantern out of nowhere and fly and i'm like look i don't understand what's going on or even the idea like we have a new ring like how jordan creating a new ring out of pure willpower we've seen him do it before it's badass it makes it very unique and very special he's done it again here but he doesn't even know how it works and like and it, it also has that manhunter tech he mentions that again so does that make it and not, a not only different? That, it's it, weird it's, it, it was based off the Manhunter tech, which uses the the green light as well. That's how he's able to like charge the ring up. But it's not even we can't even keep a charge. I mean, we keep it charged, but we don't have anything to like you know power it up or like what the limitations are of this ring. Because right now, even with what he's talking about, it's more powerful than anybody else's Green Lantern ring. But he can't leave the planet. And then what is going on? Like, there's Razor. Razor's there with Hal, and you have these three United, you know, the United Planets lanterns come down. And they don't, they're not after Razor as like, they don't say, hey, Green Lantern, come with us. They're actually just, hey, Razor, we're here to get you. And it feels more like it's involved with Blue Lantern stuff, possibly. But then they see how and say, hey, hey, Green Lantern, hey, what up? Like, it's cool. You already got him. Wait a minute. You don't have the, you know, the right outfit on this. Oh, your ring. It's not. So then they freak out. So Razor, though, why are they just at, why have they come to a quarantine planet? to get razor in this way because 
He's not breaking any laws here, it seems. You know what I mean? What I was imagining with the United Federation of Planets, if we do have any synergy in the DC universe right now, even we had Neil before Zod, where the freaking, like, the, um, we had those aliens come down to take him on, and I can't think of who they are. Oh, the Cuns. The The Cuns Cuns came down to. And, like, it seemed like almost like they are supposed to be a rogue faction that aren't with the United Federation of Planets, but, like, it almost feels like the same way where we had those space pirates that came down on Odom and destroyed the whole thing, supposedly trying to, like, take weapons and bring them back to Earth. It does feel like maybe the United Federation are doing these things, even going after Zod on New Candor and doing these things to the point where it's like we are making sure that we are keeping our hands clean of this whole situation while getting all the power we can in the universe, whether it's like, you know, Zod's new weapon or just taking him off the equation because he's not going to play nice with the United Federation of Planets. You have that going on. So it's kind of a cool thing if that is the case, because I guess right now what we have the Green Lantern Corps coming down to do is take care of witnesses because we can't have yeah. any of us get back and, to the United Federation of Planets. Too, they end up where, okay, you know, on Odom, there's the battery, everything's fine, and it just blows up. And the, oh my God, we tried to get a hold of the Green Lantern Corps. They did. The weird thing is, Razor didn't even know the Guardians are gone. Like, yeah. they're just there on Odom, just meditating like assholes. So they're doing that, and, you know, they're trying to pick up or whatever. Then these pirates come in because they can kind of root and toot and shoot, and, and that's what led to all this. But I think you're right. I think we're getting that idea that the United Planets are allowing some really bad things. But what would cause the battery to blow up? What would cause the battery? Remember, it's weird. With the entity. We saw it on New Cordogar as well. Yeah. But in this, it's just like just there. Like the pirates come afterwards. You don't really see them. You even just see the battery just blows up. Well, even the idea of the entities and stuff like that, they don't always stick around in the batteries and stuff like that. They're, they're, they are there. We have char- we have used their power to charge up. You can lock away entities. Like we saw Parallax locked away in the green power battery for the, all those years. I think that, that there's something with that in the way he's playing it. But that's the thing. After the blue battery blows up, you, you kind of wouldn't think that you'd have a guy as a Green Lantern ring all of a sudden use a blue power. It, it, to me, or it's green weird, into yellow right? as well. And the yellow. So how are they doing that? Because I think the United Planets are blowing these up to get them on. The, however, it's happening. They have their own reserves and their own deal that they're trying to. You know, use in a different way, and I, I kind of am interested. I want to know more well, it's about such a it. Weird, obviously, you want to know more because this whole story fest felt wonky from the get go, and you're waiting for it just to get started because you wanted to understand what the story is right I now. Because see, like are... some light, but I don't know what the light is. Like I'm like, okay, it's something that might well, even be, in this weird. issue. How Jordan goes with Razor after they take on those guys to go meet up Madame Xanadu because that she want to figure out how we can do things. Like, is there anything mystical that you can do to get me off this planet? Is there anything we can do with this, that, and the other thing? And Madame Xanadu has a vision of the idea of like where you were fighting Sinestro, there is an energy there that can juice you up. It's like, yeah, I did feel that when I was fighting Sinestro in Spain. So by the end of this issue, though, and like Razor's taken away, and like Hal doesn't know what to do, so he just goes with Madame Xanadu's idea, goes back to Spain. Where he's like, yes, I feel something charging up to where the ground opens up to a gigantic cave. Like it's going to be that freaking tree on Vega, but as far as I'm concerned. But does this just lead back to the idea that the entities are messed up right now? They're being wrangled up by the United Federation of Planets. That's and the only I thing think. left here is the entity that the, the living entity, flame. No, Maybe? no, no, the living flame. Couldn't but no, it be the that? entity. No, the thing is, the entity itself, like the uh, like the White Lantern entity. Okay, I don't know. That is that was in Earth. This is the center of the universe. So, is it just going to be the last, like the the actual White Lantern entity that is going to charge him up and allow him to be what he can be to take on all these other things and save the other like uh, like you know entities the weird out thing there? Is, for their first up, I like I like that they go to Madame Sandu because she's protecting Sector Double D. Eric is what she's doing. Holy wow. moly! I mean, holy <laughs> moly! But. 
It felt weird. I said to you before we recorded, it felt weird. I never think, okay, how Jordan, he's thinking things are wacky. He would definitely go to Madam Xanadu like, that is so wacky, oh, but no, he's there. I, I agree, because even that, we have to go the enti- across the entire country from Coast City to, like, you know, New York to get to Madam Xanadu for this whole thing. But I do enjoy seeing Xanadu just for the idea for, like, even going to Action Comics. All these dark characters that, like, haven't been, like, you know, featured lately, like Blue Devil and even Constantine and all these other ones even mentioned with the Zatanna and Xanadu and, like, Dr. Fate. I like seeing them and hearing about them I in do this too. universe because they don't get enough panel play. I wish that he called Batman or Batman just said, go talk to Madam Xanadu. Now, here's where I kind of go with the, the play here. <laughs> where, yeah, But you end up where Double D, uh, they're, they're there. Double. And she's like, okay. It, it, oh, it is. It's a forced way to get him to, oh, yeah, Spain. Like, th- that's so forced. I did have the tingles there. You're it, right, it, it is cool. But it, where I get this, I, I, I can't, I'm trying to explain in the way where I think that some of the things that Jeremy Adams might be doing or might be working on, they're, they're more basic than you being a long-term Green Lantern fan might come up. Like, I swear to God, because she's affected by the magic, and it ends up, and then when this cave opens up and it's just this spilling out green energy, I just think that it is kind of the living flame. The the idea of going back to the Star the, the OG, yeah, that it's that, and it'll tie in. And he has this ring that we don't know. But didn't you think at one point when you have Razor, then you have that blue lantern kind of turns into, I'm like, okay, well, Hal's going to get supercharged. That's all that Sinestro needed. He said, I need to get supercharged to get off. I just thought it was going to be as simple as that. And then they kind of leave with Razor. I'm like, well, that didn't work. And now we're in Dagobah Tree. I, I just, if we it's go weird. back to Jeffrey Thorne's Green Lantern <laughs> run, which a lot of people don't want to say do. It, it's weird. The Starheart supposedly was like, you know, I, what I remember taking away from that book is that the Guardians locked away the Starheart to like limit ma- magic in the universe because it leads to chaos. But they locked it away on, you know, uh, Oa. Yeah, so yeah. That's the last time I remember hearing about where the star heart would be. Where I'm saying is, we also know that the blue power battery had been blown. You know what I mean? There's Agreed. some things that are being fudged. And just the idea of magic. That's, she that's just can there to bring Razor it. into this. Yeah, yeah. And well, the magic, she senses that. She says, you know this in Spain. And it just feels like. That's what this is going to be. And even the idea of being charged up because that's what a blue lantern does to a green lantern. Yeah. And that's where I thought that's what I thought they were going to beat up those lanterns and then Razor was going to grab and use the blue thing. Charge up. Go. They didn't quite do that. But we end up with Magical Cave. But it feels very Magic Starheart like. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I hope that things are explained. I hope because I like this. I just want more. It that that's been since the beginning. I, I don't actually, fully understand this, but I can see something like you know interesting on the horizon at least now. Yeah, I think that as we're seeing all the batteries blowing up, but yet they can still use the I, something's up. And I'll tell you too, one of the things that I thought because originally I thought, oh hell, you are a big dummy. Because at one point he's like, we gotta warn the United Planets. I'm like, what you say? Like, but I don't know that he would think they're bad. He quit. No, but yeah. I, I think that in my mind, how I make it work is he the thinks Guardians to himself. Think they're on the up and up. Yeah, and also all his buddies are part of like you know Guy, Kyle, you know, yeah. But they're the he probably thinks well if it was bad they would have been fighting back and I would have heard it whatever. But obviously from the backup when we get to that they are on the case a bit and then that'll probably combine with how when he finally oh, does leave Earth, but he needs to leave Earth. We got to get out of there. And you go with the credits for the backup and we'll go into that. 
For the backup, we have a Kyle Rayner, Joe Mullins story, mostly Kyle Rayner, though, written by Ron Mars with art by Dale Eaglesham, Alex Gomez, and Dave Sharp, which gives us the idea that we will have these backups in Green Lantern now that Sin Sun shit is over with. The yeah, Sinister I'm so Sun. glad. I know, right? But even so the idea where we're going to have all our other Earth Lanterns eventually getting together with the uh, combined knowledge that something's not right. They're all going to investigate it either separately or together. Mm-hmm. What you get from this, though, is Kyle just having a lone thinking time where he has, you know, Alex DeWitt's construct. Alex. There's somebody to talk to. And it's like, hey, things aren't right. I don't understand. Hey, Joe Mullen comes in. Things aren't right. Let's go check out what things aren't right together. And I'm like, I like seeing Kyle. I like seeing this early day stuff for the flashback that he's talking about when he was the one and only Green Lantern because that's the era that I loved mm-hmm. so much growing yeah. up. By the time you get the things mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, what we're going to do here, they fly off and it's over. It's imagine like, hey, remember how cool this was? Yes, it was cool. It's weird, though, because... I don't think you can do much more because that they're going to probably reveal the big thing. So you're going to have this. Then we'll go and we'll see Guy chasing Lobo. Maybe that'll be more than one issue. Then we'll, we have next Jessica Cruz. I think that we're yeah. just going to see what each of them are doing. And hopefully that might tie into the idea of when she became a Yellow Lantern, which we kind of retconned away by Dark Crisis. And where I like this and how I wrap my head around Sin Sun bullshit, that was only there to set up Sinister Sun. So that's not a hot take. That's what it was. It had nothing to do with the Green Lantern book. This, as a backup, is more less a backup and more an extension of the story. This is just like an epilogue of the. And I like it. I like. We haven't seen what Kyle's up to. I like it. And yeah, there's not much going on. But you. But the stuff that you're seeing with Kyle, though, it's like. Hey, remember when I lived in the village in it's New York when I first came here? And like it's even it his is. construct where he's drinking coffee when talking to Alex. It where is did member he get the like, actual coffee? But the, the coffee's a construct. Like The guy used to drink construct beer all the time. That's the thing, though. It's not because when the constructs fall apart, the coffee spills onto the table as if it's re- It's weird. I'm telling you, the coffee's there. But even the, end, even like, the coffee mug he has is Radu's coffee where he used yep, to live cool. underneath Radu's coffee. And I love these moments because this is the era that I love to agree Lantern, but... I, it doesn't do anything for me except for say, yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? <laughs> you know what? It's weird to me because I can't, I can't say that this is like, oh, it's the, we haven't had a lot of Kyle. But this mm. isn't exactly like, hey, everybody, here's Kyle. Like, It's not going to give somebody who doesn't know Kyle anything. I just think that in my mind, it's so weird with how things are going on and how people yell and scream. What this does to me is like, and it's Ron Mars. So you're like, okay. They're, they're taking care of my man. <laughs> like, you, you're kind of like, okay, they're not going to screw him up. This Everything's right. It feels like any money leaves and you have Alex there as the thing. And he's like, yeah, I, I still miss you. It was nice. It actually was, it was. an emotional but moment. Feel, it doesn't do. But I think it's just there to show you. Hey, we have. We're thinking back to yeah. how simple things used to be for him, for like what's going on currently with the, like the Green Lantern Corps being back, but not even the Green Lantern Corps anymore because the Guardians are gone. But he has gone through so much at this point. This harkening back to only Alex DeWitt. Like, I want Donna Troy there. I want Jade there, especially now that Jade's alive again. Uh, even the idea with Sorenic not to, because the last time like we saw them, he was like killing their hyper time son. branded. Remember? She branded him with a Sinestro yeah. Corps symbol and stuff like that. Like, there's some stories in there that I always wanted to see continue that we never did anything with. And now here it is, back to 1995 with you know, Alex DeWitt. Well, it's kind of like that deal where he doesn't want to make sexy constructs of people who are alive. That would feel weird. Actually, doing the dead is even weirder. But still, uh, <laughs> I was asked by my man Sully, do you think that when people aren't looking, does this get a little sexy time? <laughs> Oh Look, man, it, it gets uh, it gets lonely in space. All right, but here's a couple other things that I we are heading to what 
looks like it's you know going to be full out 90s rehash you know zero hour maybe that this big event coming down and this kind of is getting back to that you know what i mean like there are a lot of things people argued at the beginning and complained with hal when he came back oh man he progressed so much more than this but then he's back it feels like they're trying to get the vibe of this time frame not that they're forgetting anything else but they want to go that i love the green lanterns right but the big part of the green lantern is the green lantern core but one of the things i loved idea like you know when kyle came around there was no green lantern core the majority of the stories for the most part were on earth i love an earth-based lantern you can go out there and do all the core stuff you want space cop stuff has never been as interesting to me as just a superhero on i know i like a weapon in the universe I know a lot of people do. I might be on the minority. I just miss having a good old Earth lantern where things make sense and you're just fighting crime. I'll tell you, and I think it goes by the characters, which they make sense. Guy and John, I think, are great core characters. I think they're really good. Kyle Hal are good individual characters. But even then, like when Guy was on Earth as Warrior, I love that too. It, like they're doing his Warrior Bar stuff. Even when John even when John wasn't a Green Lantern, I just love them being supporting characters on Earth doing stuff. I swear to God, I wish that remember Guy Guy was gonna quit. I wish that he did, and I wish that Valdarian DNA activated on Earth. He would be so cool where we would get this like weird Non Green Lantern core core to go would be maybe you neat, and I are the only ones who are asking for Valdarian DNA. Oh, it'd be back. So cool. I don't know personally, but I I get that feeling sometimes. I don't feel like most people remember his Valdarian DNA. Do you? Can you imagine they're there and, and put guy in this? They get attacked by those three Green Lanterns and, and guys like oh crap! And he goes to punch, and all of a sudden a fucking gun starts forming out. And he's like. Oh shit, I'm back, baby. And he starts, I, I would have had a big well, smile on my that, face. It was one of the biggest faux pas in my mind when, like, Jeff Johns was doing Green Lantern Reborn and bringing back, or Rebirth. Wait, yeah, I always forget how it is, but Rebirth, when he's bringing Hal Jordan back because we're having all these things that all he does for Guy Gardner is he doesn't want him to be Warrior anymore. He wants him to be a Green Lantern. Out of nowhere, his Valdarian DNA was acting up. He couldn't control it. A ring goes on his finger and he was fine. That's all we ever talked about. And I'm like, is the ring the only thing holding that back? Because he became a Red Lantern and stuff like that. I need the idea of where he doesn't have a ring or the power anymore. Which he would have had to, to have taken. Yeah, he would have had to have handed it in. And then he's there, Valdarian. Oh, it would be so good, right? It would be and so maybe cool. Maybe even the idea that the Valdarian DNA was acting up, but it was actually evolving so he could actually do more stuff. I don't know. That would be so cool. I want him to be a ring slinger and a Valdarian for some reason. And with, with Kyle here, I, I get it. But you also, again, it does go back. He has... It's what you say a lot about the Teen Titans and the Titans, where they never allow them, you know, to get old, not even just older, but to actually accept, you know, some of the responsibility. But when he does say it, I don't know. It, it, I like where he says, I still love the job. I love the ring. I love being part of the core. But everything is so vast. So many cores. The entire emotional spectrum makes it harder to find my place. I'm trying, but I just needed someone to talk to Alex. And I like that. It's almost like a meta play as well because there are so many of the Green Lanterns. That's why, again, that's why I want Warrior Guy Garter. It makes it different. But in this, I, I like that. That's why I wanted Jessica Cruz to be a Yellow Lantern. Yeah. And when you end up having Kyle, like he's here, he was at one point the only Lantern. Then you have the Quartz set. But it, he's kind of, he doesn't feel like he has a place anymore. They're not supposed to go to Earth. All this stuff. I like it. I like that he knows something's wrong. And he just, he's like, you know, he has that itch that something's wrong. And then Joe Mullins comes and says, hey, it's the worst. She's like, I think there is something wrong. And I kind of know what it is, but I'm not going to say it right here. So let's go. And I'm like, you bitch. And then when it says at the end, hey, Jessica Cruz, I'm like, 
Okay, I get the concept. We're going to go to each of these Earthliners and see what's up. You know, we'll get Simon then. We'll go and and then they'll all come together. Probably at some point, maybe even getting thrown inside. So who knows? But I want Hal to then come and join and save them. It'd be so cool. But we got to get there in some timely manner. We can't just meander because we are kind of meandering. And this play of Hal stuck on Earth, you got to get past that and have some things going. But I guess... You want to set up everything else too. I like it. It's just I like aspects of it, but the majority yeah. of it just feels like a, a rehash of what we've already done. Especially taking pages for him to fly into space and just to fail. Yeah, and again, I think Jessica. We're probably gonna have her thinking about it, her anxiety. You know, I think it is to kind of get people back on the board and hey, but we're gonna have this, this, and this, and go. And yeah, I just maybe you could have done a little more, especially where we're saying, and you even brought up the White Lantern. Like, maybe we could have had something where he just is talking to Alex. Yeah, and then I was a white lion. It was fucked up. And then I did this. And then me and Carol Ferris were banging. And then we were doing this. And people don't want to people don't talk about stuff. that no more. And that, that is, it happened. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I did, I like this issue. I just want to like it more. I know I'll like it more than you. I definitely guarantee that. But what would you give it? Again, it's almost like Batman and Robin where I like aspects of it. So I want to go up to a six out of 10 for this whole thing. The I'm art's so much higher. And, <laughs> but it's just like, I just feel like I we're doing the same issue over and over again for the Green Lantern series. And again, like every other issue, I feel like I'm just waiting for it to begin. Yes, you have some glimpses here with the United Federation Corps being able to swap through different like emotional spectrums. That's weird. I just don't know how Sinestro does it and flies off of a quarantine thing. And it's completely different than anything else that we're witnessing right now. Yeah, I think that Sinestro was more of just a sub, like he just got so mad. And with it being... I, I don't want to say wonky because it feels like it's different, but it is wonky. But it's not the emotional spectrum that seems wonky. Now it seems that just how it's being activated by the rings. <laughs> I can't well, again, it. it's a weird situation because if you go back to uh, the New 52 with uh, the New Guardians book, mm-hmm. the, the way that Kyle Rayner became a white lantern is that he had his ring become like faulty. It became damaged to the point where he was able through his emotions and his will to all, like you know affect different emotional spectrums to conquer that and take on that form he eventually like originally became like a gray lantern where it wasn't a pure form white lantern where he was go- cycling through these different things so it's along those lines i could see but that was that very specific ring that was kyle rayner's ring and now it's just any ring you could cycle through it feels weird well i'm one of those white rings that comes back the ones he sent out to find it boom right there i'm trying to recap that and and then he yells i'm back baby everybody's yelling that in my mind what i do think too I would have liked this idea where, you know, that Kyle was a white lantern. This is huge. And I want to, I, you need to see some of what the United Planets is doing. If they end up where they're like, hey, we need to talk to you, you know, uh, lantern, rainer, I couldn't even come with. And then know. all of a sudden they're like, we're going to try to do so. Like, I need like that. I need to see that they are bad. What they, but he, they want to play this like, gray area deal and that's where it's not working for me because you're just in a holding pattern uh, through a lot of this and that's a shame because i do like a lot of the things that are going on plus also i mean at this point you would hope that how is going to be a little bit inspired to go save razor too because he got taken away agreed and now and that i mean well he has to get supercharged first in the mind of of how where he's like we got to go warn the united plants you have to know that they're sus now and you got to get the hell out to warn people because they wouldn't just take Razor. And let, you, you wouldn't think that Razor would be lying if you're Hal. Like, oh, maybe he's lying no. and it wasn't that. So you have to think, like, the battery blew up. 
they get, what the hell does that mean that you arrest him? It's, it's crazy. So I, I hope that he ends up like, I got to go say Brazer right away. Maybe we'll get all the, you know, blue lanterns back. It's, I, I don't know. All the blue lanterns. All the blue lanterns. All the blue lanterns. Get Razor going, Razor. Uh, but I'm, I'm an eight out of 10. I actually really like the art a lot. I love when we go to Sector Double D. That was pretty, pretty, <laughs> inspi- pretty inspiring. That was. Holy God, that two moons over Miami. That's, <laughs> that's, that's no moon. Fucking thing. <laughs> No, it wasn't arrogant. Luckily, though, the Green Lanterns have had problems if I was around because they can't be affecting wood. And wood, Oh, God. What, what would you give it? I'd give it a six out of ten. Six. Okay. I, I thought that you'd be around that. And that's with me being positive in my mind. No. But this is that's the thing. It's like almost like we get to the airport, right? We're going to board the plane. I've left my baggage behind her. You're, you're going to put that on the stove, you know, the stowaway, the above cabinet, whatever the fuck they call it. You have, you do have more baggage and more. It's funny. You have more knowledge and it might be too much. Hindrance, it, might be yeah. too, it might be too smart. You, well, you, but, you but always I, want things to connect better. I do. I'm just definitely. here for the ride. But I'll tell you this, the idea of the knowledge of doing the DC comics podcast with you for all of these years and reading comics most of my life, you know what has given me in my life now? I was having a conversation with Jessica last night. The idea is this, about the, you're uh, going to compliment me? Is that, is, is, no, I no, hear not a, at all. It has nothing, uh, has nothing to do with you. I thought was coming my way. No, no. <laughs> it's actually not even a compliment with me. I, uh. I realize I failed with all of these things because I try, You know, I don't want to be over the top with talking about DC Comics outside of this and stuff like that. But I was trying to ask Jessica, like, you know, hey, do you know those uh, McFarlane superpowers toys? Are, you know, trying mm-hmm. to, like, recreate the whole 80s things that I love. Yeah. It's like, is that like the one you've got the uh, the John Lantern? I'm like I have failed in my life. She knows nothing. The John, John Lantern. <laughs> the John Lantern. Oh, John what Lantern. What the fuck is she? Do- the John. Oh my God. John Stewart. You know John Lantern. Did you hit her? See, I want to be you now. <laughs> no, I went to sleep. Ashamed. We get done here, right? We'll, we'll say, hey, okay. Well, let's go on to the next deal, and I'll stop. And then we'll we talk a little after. We'll stop. Me and you are done. I'm like, okay. Enjoy your time away, even though you're going to a funeral, so that's weird. But we'll get done. I could walk into the next room. Superman himself could fly into the goddamn room. Yell about Batman. I won't even bring it up to tell. Like, there's nothing. (laughs) She gets nothing. I'm done. There are even points where Tanya will be like, oh, I saw this. And it's like some news story. I'm like, eh, whatever. I I don't talk about it at all because I know it's never going to amount to anything. And then later, it'll be thrown in my face, Eric. It'll end up like, oh, why don't you go and do your John Lanterns? Like something like that. I'll be like, you bitch. <laughs> I get so mad. So, yeah, I, I don't even mention anything at all about DC Comics to, to anybody in this house. You are the only one. And then some other people like this week. But, yeah, I'm done. There's no John Lantern here. But I, I can't wait till we get the word journal so I can keep saying it. I'll forget. But I need this. And now we might have to put that. Though it has nothing to do with the podcast, <laughs> maybe in the title, John Lantern. I like oh, that. John I like that Lantern. Name. Oh, is that when you had the John Lantern? Did you say? Oh, you probably went. Oh, no, no. I kind of giggled a bit. Yeah, John Lantern. That's what I wanted you to just go. Yeah, yeah, honey, John Lantern. <laughs> John Lantern. That's pretty good. I like that. I like it. But uh, yeah, there you go, Eric. You are done for the week. You are free. And clear, you have done your deal, but you might have a little baggage. I think that there are sometimes, and there are 
the idea where you kind of go by the writers, like some writers do seem to really be intent to really nail down some kind, like a Philip Kennedy Johnson, sometimes to the detriment of our sanity, where he does want to tie in things and whatnot. I don't quite, I do get that a bit from Jeremy Adams because he did end up retro and redoing the whole Heroes in Crisis with Wally, so he can do the things. But I don't know. I think that he's here, and I think a lot of the things. No, a lot of the things I think are like, you know, he's been given notes. Hey, do this. Hey, have Madame Z- Madame Xanadu just feels weird. That feels like somebody telling him, okay, we want Madame Xanadu in here. How can it work? And he came up with yeah. this idea of magic because it was so forced. But I don't know. It, we, it's so odd. We talked about this on our Patreon spotlight about the Batman book, where we're two out of three of the zero year or year one Joker. And I have no clue what's going on. Like, it could really. Ch- this is another one of those books. We need some information because it really could be something great, or it could be something I don't know, but we'll see. Because right now, including the Night Terrors issues, which are still best issues in my mind for like for how Jordan was reacting and the whole thing, we're 10 issues deep. Yeah, 10 issues deep. That sounds like a Wednesday night for you, and I am in, Eric. Is there I do read a lot. too? Yeah, you do. So it, it just, it's weird, but I, I still am more positive. I really like the art, and I'm. I'm I'm seeing something going on that feels interesting to me. And I like the Kyle stuff. But overall, that's it, Eric. You can go. And we'll be going forward. I do think that we'll be talking about the Blue Beetle, oh, yeah? the Speed Force, oh, and Speed the Force? Outsiders. And nice. that means that the book that I think was better than any of those, which was the Sandman. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing it, though. It's funny, just before you go, me and you had been saying who we thought was the bad guy in Sandman, the mad gasser, as you call him. And I, it sucks because we're not going to be there to gloat that we were right immediately. But Immediately, though, there's like three characters in that book. Well, I kind of talked about this uh, on another thing, and I said there aren't a lot of other characters. But there is a cool play with the one-armed bandit uh, general, and it, it uh-huh. works out. Though you do get Riley Rossmo gets to draw that stump, and it's what you would think. Gross. It is pretty gross. It is. It actually looks like it's a bit raw and maybe a little juicy. Is what it a looks stinky. like. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But I'll tell you that after we're done. I'll, I'll tell you what happens in that. But overall, have a well, a nice time with your lady Jess. Hopefully, John Lantern doesn't show up. Six-hour drive up and back. Yeah. That sounds sexy too. Are you gonna listen to like podcasts or anything? Are you gonna listen to us? Is that what you're doing? No, maybe, absolutely maybe, not. maybe I could. Uh, I'll record something real quick about John Lanner. Might work out for Jess, right? She could. Might she play could my that. switch. Take a nap. You're I don't a know. real bum bum. I I can't play video games like that in the car. And obviously, you're a passenger because you don't drive. So I yep. I'd have problems. I I get really car sick if I'm not driving. I I can't take it. But so that's why I drive there all the way home. But that's it. We'll be going off to uh, the next section of books right about now. In the first part of the comic, I was looking at all the art. There were heroes and twins and some buildings. There were ugly faces and things. Then came the dialogue that was so cringe And the bop that went nowhere This book exists and I don't know why I'm guessing nobody really cares 
wish I could say the sweet force was not vain, but then that would be high and deranged. The guy who wrecked it, I can't remember his name, but he wrote this shit so easy. Ah, yes, here we are, and we set this up. I was talking with uh, my man Eric, I think that's what his name is, and I said that I had corralled somebody to not only talk about Blue Beetle, but also Speed Force, and it is my man, Zach. What up, Zach? What's up, Jim? Here you are. You had to actually yeah. catch up on Speed Force, which I thought that maybe you had been I reading it. I had to catch it. up on Blue Beetle, Jim. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Me and you had talked about Blue Beetle, but I guess you dropped it. This is what yeah. is called uh, Cruel and Unusual Punishment. Here, yeah, at I, least I in heard the you on the Marvel States. podcast. You know, yeah, you were talking on Marvel podcast. Zach gets all the crappy books, and yes, you're right, Jim. I get here you all go. the crappy books. You are going to get the crap books, but at least I'm here with you for these. Yeah, on the Marvel yeah, deal, I'm out. <laughs> you are. <a laughs> you got to do that, 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 and you're like, oh, when are we recording? I'm like, oh, let's talk when? about that. I think you will be recording, but here we are, and I, Eric, he's gone. He went to a funeral after reading these two books. I'm wondering. You know, that that wasn't his, like, fake chill. Like, he made up the idea. I think he's having more fun at a funeral than we'll have uh, talking about these books. Actually, I don't think he cared that much about that funeral. It was it was uh, Jess's relative. So we'll, we'll throw that out because now I feel bad saying things about a funeral. But, boy, these books stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoo-wee, these are oh, bad. God. but It's, it's bad. Uh, phew, here we go. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle number six. After reading this issue, because as we're recording on Friday, I ended up hearing, oh, the, the solicits came out for May. I'm like, this book has to be canceled. Like, is <laughs> But the problem is, is that once you get past six, it's like that stay of execution. You usually will then get another trade. It can't go past 12. This and, book uh... does not need to exist. And then when we get to Speed, Speed Force should never have existed. But at least <laughs> Blue Beetle, we knew what was happening. Graduation Day, we didn't love. It was okay, but then yeah, the movie was coming was out. But at this point, that's not here nor there. And now we're left with this. And the book's a mess. It's yeah. going to be the theme. Here it is. It is Blue Beetle number six, written by Josh Trelio, Adrian Gutierrez on art. You have colors by Will Quintana, Lucas Gattoni. On letters, I will just point out for Yaya that the group editor on this is Katie Kubert, who is now the Batman main editor, and this doesn't go well on a resume. But here we go, because no, we're going to get no. a flashback to show us, which we kind of already knew, that there was kind of an innocent kid in the whole blood scarab that is now fighting Blue Beetle, fighting Jaime. It's okay. I mean, I wish that we would, the, the pacing of it's weird. Like, this is something, again, that will happen in that Speed Force. And these two books, you even said, they kind of go together, like, in this, like, gumbo of, of bullshit, right? <laughs> That's how it seems to me, because the art seems similarly bad, uh, confusing at times. And the pacing and the way things are presented feels like maybe they had the ideas. They put them in a hat and just drew them randomly. Like, oh, oh, in this issue, we'll... Oh, let's go back and show the blood scarab deal because it seems like we might have been able to get that before and we kind of did. But here we go. And basically what we find out is, oh, this kid wasn't that bad. What was no. that? Oh, there you go. That's But, you know, R.I.P. soon. There's going to be another yeah. funeral. Maybe yeah, Eric can go to that one as well. Yeah, he's going to the funeral. The funeral should be this book. But you have the Ka-F Ray, the blood scarab, and it's fighting the Kajida, the blue beetle. 
and they're going at it. They're in that stadium. And the big idea of this is that the, you know, the blood scarab wants to take the power of Kajida so they can, you know, up its deal and be reincarnated, come back. Okay. That's kind of, you know, superhero evil 101 type deal. It's fine. But yeah. what happens here is you had Victoria Cord blast the area. And this was where we had, and you told me before we started, one of the big things that Jaime went to Victoria, how do we kill this thing? How can we kill it? Kill it, kill it. And you end up blasting it, but that kind of overpowers it instead. So what do you do now? Well, you have Kaji Daz kind of rebooting. So what you do is have all the other characters that be have cannon pretty, fodder. Yeah, to be cannon fodder and re- make you realize that they're lame, but yeah. also that there's way too many characters not called Blue Beetle in this book. And it's crazy. When you did have the other scarabs, you know, the other beetles, uh, they, they could have been interesting. Me and you yeah. talked about it when we talked about it before. That's a real interesting concept. But Josh Trillio has never done anything with it. So when you get them, I, I'm i a dummy. I, I am. And I, I have really bad attention span. I may not pay attention a lot, right? But I usually at this point would know the names of anybody. And I'm like, I keep having look. Ziamara, I kind of get, but I forget that she's dynastic. You have all these things going. I'm like, I barely know. Natita, who's Roma. Yeah. What? Like, what's going on? Because you, you aren't featuring. There's too many things going on. Like I said, that aren't Blue Beetle. But the, the one thing that I would like are these scarabs. But they just kind of step up. Hey, don't hurt Jaime. Boom. Down. Yeah. Don't hurt Jaime. Yeah. Boom. And the art, I thought at points that there was neck snapped. I thought there was like death. There, there was the legitimately a scene where I thought uh, Natita, the green beetle, had her fingers cut off by that guy when she put him there. And it's like, oh no, she's fine. And like, what just happened? And why were those lines going through her fingers? It looked like he cut her fingers off. This is one of those, again, I'll give a shout out to Yeya, where we would talk about this art and some people were saying, hey, this is just like manga art. It's not. It, it yeah. really isn't. If it's anything, it's like a shitty anime. Yeah, uh, or possibly exactly. like some, you know what I mean? And there's a difference. Yes. I mean, a lot of people, when they see things, and this is like a little pet peeve of mine, when they see something, they'll automatically, oh, that looks like manga. When they really mean anime, and sometimes that's not even as good as, you know, the, the deal. So it just ends up there's too many lines here. There's too many motion blurs, all this going on. But really, what this is is, hey, everybody, step up. You know, where's Slim Shady? Because they all just step up <laughs> to fight. The blood scarab, and they all fail. Like, yes, they all they boom, all fail. fail, boom, fail, boom, fail. And like you said, at that one point, I, I'm seeing the panel looks like hand and fingers done. I thought that you know what's her. I'm telling you these names, uh, Ziamora. I thought she was dead. And then you have Starfire step up. Hey, I'm gonna get involved. You have fade away. You have alien. You end up having Victoria Court and Victoria. And so when you have this though. Everybody's just talking. And then Blue Beetle Jaime comes to, hey, everybody, I'm in legato mode, activato. And <sighs> he's like, oh, yeah, but that really doesn't do anything. Wow. And then you end up where, as they're going toe-to-toe, there's a dual thing. You end up having Jaime realize, oh, my God, it's just a kid who's kind of being taken over by the blood scarab. In the meantime, to make it back and forth with that, you then have to have Blood Scarab, the kid in there, realized, oh, my God, the Blue Beetle 
He's big because Kajida decides I'm taking over. I have to end this. Almost like, hey, Jaime, you're not good enough. You're not going to go, you know, the full deal that I want to. I'm killing the blood scarab. And both of them try to stop their scarabs, but they can't. And then Jaime just runs them through and looks like he kills this kid. Like, what do you do Mm -hmm. there? Looks like he did. He did. This guy's dead. The guy's dead. And so you're like, oh, my God. But what do you do from this? Now, what I think you're going to do is at the end, you have time craziness and this will never have happened. But we just saw it happen. And why would you think this is something you want to do? Because this with Jaime, this isn't Jaime there and like he's being controlled. Like if he was controlled by the blood scarab and did this is Kajita. They have to go forward with yeah. each other. So at the end, you just end up having this big explosion. And it says, you know, he says at the one, Kaji, is this you? And he says, negative. Tachyon interference detective. Tachyon, you mean time? Bloop. And he's gone. <laughs> and you can only think he's going to go back in time, maybe back to ancient times, Egypt. I don't know. It'll drive me nuts if it's time and space because that's ridiculous. But again, we don't even know what just happened. And then it says next, the hunt for Ted Cord. I'm like, we kind of know where Ted Cord is. He's with the JLI. He's with the JLI. They grabbed him and seemed to be taking care of him. But the hunt for Ted, why not the hunt for Jaime? Just disappeared. But they're there in the middle of this freaking field. Just like, oh, my God, what happened, Jaime? But he just killed. And if you see the body of the blood, that seems to be gone, too. So it, it might have taken them both. And now we'll probably work. Work out their problems back in the day. I don't know. It, it's just bad. Know. It's bad. Yeah. There, there's too many characters. There's too many just nonsense going on. It's hard to follow because of the art. And in the end, I don't see anybody reading. I don't think anybody's reading it. It's not expand. The, the other scarabs could have expanded the, the mythos of. The- yeah, that was the thing I was looking most forward to. The Really the only thing. That I think in this that could have really, really worked out into something that you could get behind and say, okay, you know, Josh Trillio has something here. You almost have a Beatle core, right? It'd be really neat, but uh, you, you don't get that. So, uh, no. yeah, no. there we go. I mean, I, I promised you that I wouldn't torture you too long with this. And yeah, yeah 11 minutes, that's too long. <laughs> what yeah. would you give this? <laughs> I'm going to give it a three out of 10. And yeah, I, think I think that's generous. Yeah. yeah, I think I might be a little more generous with a 3.5. Okay. I might actually right. go, but I mean, just to hit the it deal. Doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, these no. books, just you're reading it and you realize just like, this is bad. I can't see anybody liking this. I just can't. Though, when you no. look at the reviews, the usual the suspects, right? The usual suspects. <laughs> the which, this is This is the greatest thing ever. But even then, there's nobody. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. But. Do they care more? It, just as a just as a, who who do people care more about Blue Beetle or do they care more about Speed Force? Because I still think they care more about Blue Beetle yep, than same. the Speed Force deal. Yep, I mean, oh my god! It's so. And I, I'm looking at the reviews now, and the aggregate score on the comic book roundup for Blue Beetle is an eight point five. I mean, please, eight point five, and the user reviews nine point two. But there's only two. But yeah, uh, oh, Jesus. This guy, William Tucker, he gave it a perfect – how can you give this a perfect score? I mean, no. I, how? No. I, I don't I don't get it. It's a 10 out of 10 for shitty comics. 10 out of 10. The series never fails, uh, this guy says. I wish I, I wish I could just get in his brain for a second 
and love everything like this guy does. Even Gabe. Being sus as he is, he's not giving this a 10. So we're going to go. Speed Force, though, only has two reviews. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. About this book and it not even matter. a Use the reviews on Comic Book Roundup. It, it is a bit of a, it could be a cesspool. What you do is you have people show up and just no review, give a one, 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 one. And then other people, 10, 10, 10, and it kind of evens out. Nobody's even bothered. That's when you know there's trouble. Like there's two regular reviews. No, you. It's so bad they're not even bothering to troll it as being bad. But here we go. This this book is it is so bad. It is Speed Force <laughs> number four, written by Jarrett Williams, art by Danella Di Nicola, colors by Andrew Dollhouse. I like the colors. Letters by Simon Bolin. You have Connor. Superboy, he is being controlled along with Moss and Manos. They are attacking Wallace West. So that's the big idea of what's going on here. It's a big fight. Uh, in my mind, Wallace is going to get his ass handed to him 10 oh, times yeah, till Sunday. Uh, so he does need help. And what you have Jarrett Williams doing here, besides infuriating me through most of the issue and boring everybody else, is that he wants to play this deal that you should have really centered on right away and done a little more but it's the idea that wallace feels like he's left out he doesn't have a place but does it in a weird way of i don't ask people for help but everybody's gutting out of things just the idea that you started out with the idea yeah i was tagging stuff and the police arrested me but uncle barry got me out i'm like why are you playing it this way now in the meantime avery the other star of the book She's got that same idea, but she thinks more along Wallace's deal. He's ghosting me. He's not paying attention. But none of this plays out well in the series so far, and it doesn't play out well in this issue. But in the meantime, out of no, <laughs> Jared Williams decides that the, this whole symphony app, Music Meister, Fiddler, Mad Mod, you know, you have that going on, not really explaining a lot. It's very ambiguous, and we don't even really know exactly what the thing whatever and in this oh we have to show you a flashback of how they came about and i say they music meister mad mod and fiddler how they got together and made this app that that's on nobody's mind about the you just go with it it's a music app with music meister fiddler man but that's fine you're doing it they're evil they're trying to control people whatever but in this we find out out of nowhere that they were online school of stag. You end up stag having stag online. enterprises, the stag online deal. And it's ridiculous. And it's Sebastian stag. And this kind of deals with stuff we had. It's like everything in this book seems to be like Jared Williams thinks he's going to grab the hype of some other thing, but not realizing that most people won't know what that other thing was. Didn't get involved, or even if they were involved with it, it's years ago. It's yeah. nothing that people are going to say, oh, my God, Sebastian Stag with Stagatron? Oh, that's awesome. Pe most people are going to be like, what is this? And there's no real great editor's note to tell you what it is. All this is is Stag, Sebastian Stag. I got a lot of money. I'm making an online school. Do you want to get involved? And here's the big play. <laughs> the Fiddler, who they all want to call Fiddles. He gets in the <sighs> online school. And then while well, he's doing work, because, but he could use his, you know, henchmen 
And then I'm thinking, how many henchmen does the fiddler have? He's nonsense. So <laughs> he ends up meeting Mad Mod, and you know, Mod's on the online deal, and then they go out for a drink and meet Music Meister, and now they have an app. I'm like, really? They have drinks, they dance on the dance floor, and they come up with their evil plan to enslave all the metahuman teens. And it's just like, okay. So what you do is you go back to then get to where we already know, and it doesn't do anything. You no. find out at the end of this, oh my god, they, they're they getting this app to control teen metahumans. You know how this issue has started? With, with teen metahumans, they're already controlled, Connor and Masamino. So we had that already. We know that. Why are you doing this? It's nonsense. So... You end up having Connor fighting, and he's being mind-controlled by probably Little Pump or whatever the hell that Connor thinks. <laughs> and then you, you throw in the music to get me all pissed off. And so they're fighting, and I said, this should be destruction, right? And you're not going to you're not gonna want to do it, oh, but are we going to play where Connor's breaking out of it? No. What happens is Wallace is yelling desperately for anybody to help. When you do see Roundhouse, who we like, again, another character that i really really like but i think that he thinks that he might be a little more popular than he is there's a lot of these plays in the series but there's roundhouse mr terrific hey i think that wallace is in trouble you want to go and help him they seem to really dilly dally a bit more for what i would expect in this but that we're going to get in the plane and even though wallace seems to be at death's door in this fight let's talk about coffee and espresso what? So then we go and, and then we get Avery. So in this, you, you do just have, you know, in the background, Wallace is fighting Connor. So then we go off. Meanwhile, in China, we have Avery. Now, the idea of being ghosted, if I ended up saying to you, like, hey, you ghosted me. But in the meantime, you were in China. Like, how? <laughs> It, nobody's ghosting each other. Yeah, if you're in China, how are you saying somebody ghosted you? You're in so and and in the series, I didn't really think that there was even enough time for ghosting. So you, you go off to China, and you have Avery, and this is again where Jarrett Williams is like, okay, I'm gonna. They're in, we're in China. I'm gonna play this out. There's the thing with Kong Keenan, right? You could have just mm-hmm. used Kong Keenan. People would yeah. No, no. Instead, we're gonna use. The Asian Justice League's Aquaman, Dragon Son, that nobody's going to, few people would remember. I remember it. We did all the issues, uh, all the Gene Luang Yang stuff of the new Superman, all that. Fine. But have an editor's note. The worst is there's an editor's note. It says, hey, I appreciate it. I'm just happy I caught you off duty, Dragon Son. Asterix, but that's just, oh, that's a Mandarin. I'm like, why didn't you say Part of the new Superman book, the Justice League of China. No, you're just throwing it out there. Plus, if you, they never really explain that he's the Aquaman of that team. And so while he's there, you even ask, why does it look like he has these lines? Is that sweat? He's got, it's, but it's, you have, how, what are they doing? The idea that he's like seawater's coming up and you never explain it. And then it, it all is just, hey, man, you're, Pretty good, Avery. You should talk to Wallace because he probably likes you too. It'd be pretty cool if you guys can get along. Hey, by the way, do they have Manwa in Central City? Because, you know, he's Korean and that's all that Jarrett Williams can throw out. And then, and then I, here it is the best line ever. You end up having Dragon Sun say, Hey, that's the Avery I know, the one who kept Wang humble. 
<laughs> yeah, she kept Wang yeah, humble, all right? Yeah, she like, did. Look at you, keeping Wang humble. Oh, my God, you're a hero. Uh, and then, then you have Asterix, Batman, or China. I'm like, it's too late. I'm already laughing. No, I'm already no. giggling at your deal. I mean, might as well have said, hey, Avery, you're the one who kept Wang humble. And I heard that when you're in Bloodhaven, you always keep Dick waiting. It just go through the whole deal. It'd be the best thing ever. And she's like, I don't know what you're saying here, dude. But end up, it, she's talking, no reason, and then gets, oh, my God, Wallace is in trouble. Boom. And, and goes out, and we have to hang while you end up seeing Dragon's son getting not that many books, right? I mean, he's getting some manhwa, it seems, maybe. Maybe some manga, whatever he's going. And it looks like the lady who's working there is all upset. I'm like, all right, whatever. You go, and when you get to Avery going back, you have full-out fight, and Wallace is getting the crap kicked out of him by Connor. Wallace should already be dead. Yeah, should be dead. Now, he should be running the hell around and trying to wear him out, right? But he isn't. He's getting just punch, punch, punch. So Avery shows up. This is a big deal. I mean, this is Superboy. He's mind-controlled, and he is letting loose on Connor. Now, in my mind, if if I was the editor, I might have a little bit where Massimo Menos says, oh, man, why isn't he hitting hard enough? Or even you could have the, the fiddler, anybody watching and say, He's not controlled fully. He's not because he should be dead. He's holding back a yeah, little. He's, yeah. Why is he holding back? This this should be working. Why isn't it working? That, but he, they don't do that. And he's just getting beat up. So this is a big fight, except they don't treat it like that. Nah. This drives me nuts. This happens in a lot of these bullshit books. It happened a lot in Hawkgirl. And again, it kind of goes in that play of there is a fight that people could end up dead. But instead of focusing, they're just yapping. Like, that is them saying to me, this fight doesn't matter. This fight Con- means nothing. Connor, Connor is a Kryptonian. Now, he's not as powerful as Superman, but he still is pretty freaking powerful. Yeah, he's powerful and, enough I mean, that you can't be yapping while you're fighting. And Masamenos is there, too, fighting. A, like, everybody, Roundhouse shows up, but he's just, like, throwing, <laughs> throwing uh, what's it called, snack machines. And people, I'm like, yeah. all right. But when you have a fight, and you want people to think, and also, you have the tension, maybe, who cares, but the tension of, what is Connor going to think after he comes out of this? If he hurts Wallace, that'd be awful. Or, on the opposite, if Avery and Wallace together can, they're not going to want to hurt Connor either. So when they're doing this, though, they're just talking about, you ghosted me. No, 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 you ghosted me. No, 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 I like you, but... You never can ask for help. I know that's my big thing, but you always get help and you're great. Oh, you're great too. All right. Shake hands. Let's go. It's too much. Snacks. Snacks. And yeah. 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 <laughs> and you're not paying attention. Like, I actually read this scene and I'm like, you know what? I didn't even pay any bit of attention to the fight, the actual fight yeah. going on, which could be something that could play out cool, but in that way of, oh, that's our best friend. Also, when they're doing this, they keep doing Jeremy keeps having them like, man, when we were playing that street fighter, I kept doing it. T- tie it in with the fight somehow or do something like, oh, I know Connor always does this. Do something because without that, you're just randomly saying bullshit all the time. And it never means anything. Then we go back to, hey, get this. Fiddler and Maude, they ended up meeting the music meister downtown for a little dancing. And they came up with an idea and they just keep going on and on like hey 
We can make this app. Man, easy money. Yeah, we're going to make this app. Oh, man, Stag, we're going to make more than him. Yeah, what about this app? And then it's just they're doing it, and we already know it, and they're dancing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mod on the dance floor. I never wanted to see it. Even at one point, you do have that weird little play where Music Match is like, really? This is that guy? Like, you told me you had a good guy, like, play, but that just kind of goes away. And then at the end, they're just, they are just dancing on the dance floor with the idea of man. And suddenly, <laughs> the best is they're, they're villains, but they want to do stuff. They want to make some cash. But the fiddler ends up, oh, get this. I think I could put my code. Into the app, and then, then we could like this is like we know this. Why? Uh, oh, you mean that we could do this with cloaking technology to also get a base, and we'll get all of this? I'm like, why are we doing this issue four? We already know it. It's just bullshit. And then in the meantime, we go to the now again, and you see, oh no, there's still Connor fighting Wallace. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bad. It's really, yeah. really bad. There's not much I can say that like a positive. It's really that bad. It's horrible. Uh, and and two more issues left, and this one will be forgotten forever. This book will be forgotten a week after it comes out, that last issue, and nobody will ever. I don't even think that there's something. Usually, like the Blue Beetle, I said, later on, maybe down the line, hey, remember that Blue Beetle run? They had those different colored beetles. That could have been cool. Maybe, hey, yeah, that was, that was weird. This one, what are you going to say? Remember that crazy... Music Meister app with the stupid mumble rap shit, Mumblebee. Like, <laughs> like, like, is anybody gonna now? Bad. What would you give it? I'm gonna two out of ten. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna be as positive as you. Oh, really? <laughs> it's You're so bad. Lower. I'm oh one point. God. I'm one point five. Take, Jim. It's that bad. And I wish I had the hot take. I, I have oh, a crumb bump. A real crumb bump. The thing is, yeah, I, I haven't given that low a score in quite. I think the last issue, I, I think we did it on the Patreon spotlight. And I think I got so mad by the end that I just screamed at Eric that I was giving it a one. So maybe I'm a little <laughs> more positive. We get who needed, who was asking for this flashback? Uh, 1.5. I'll give you one last bit of how I know this book is bull crap, right? When yeah. we go and do these things, sometimes I want, oh, I want to make sure. I know that all the names. So I want to make sure I can get, you know, oh, who's that or what's that? So I go and you can always look up a, a wiki fandom. And the DC one's pretty solid that they have it up sometimes before the issue hits the stands. You're like, oh, my God, they still did not even bothered with this issue. And I'm telling you, you could get the most nonsense things and look up this Wikipedia stuff on it. This one is just they don't even have anything for it. I'm like, yeah, they're not even bothering. They're They're just done. It's so bad. But there yeah. you go. Maybe it's somebody's favorite. Actually, I know it's it is one person's favorite book. Jarrett mm-hmm. Williams' mom might like. She probably wouldn't did, did even like it. Did William Tucker review it? No, he did. That again, that's where you go when you have all these sus people review. When they don't review a book, it's very telling. But Eek Ad gave it an eight. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, I guess there has to be somebody out there that likes something, right? You have to have somebody. I just I don't know how they ever let this book come out. I think it's one of those where it's a six issue mini and you rarely get a mini series canceled. Uh, it's happened a couple of times. This is bad enough. Maybe it would, but you just play it out and then they forget about it. But this is really bad. Jarrett Williams is not a good writer, at least with these characters and in this spot. Uh, so he's on my list. He made my list too. <laughs> this list is getting very long yeah. uh, and that's really upsetting. And when people do say, Oh, comics, you know, big two, they suck. They'll never get better. 
it's not true. You just need to get better writers. I mean, good writers write good stories. The problem is, is I don't know if it's because DC's going on the cheap or people just don't want to write for the big two at the moment or whatever. But these are the sort of books that just shouldn't exist. They are a waste of paper. And I'm sure that Greta would, would agree with you? that. And yeah, they're just bad. But a 1.5 and a 2. I mean, seriously, me and you, comp- a 3.5 combined. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's, it's what it is. All right. And that is it. My book of the week. We usually do that here. It's weird to do it by myself. Green Lantern number eight. Eric's was Action Comics number 1062. Remember that you can go over to our Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash Weird Science and listen to our Patreon spotlight that ended up including Batman number 143 and Sinister Sons number one. So you can double your pleasure there. And I bring that up kind of because here's what we're going to talk about next week. And two of those books will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew to be on next week's Patreon only badass spotlight. So if you want to listen to that, go over to patreon.com slash weird science, sign up, even if it is for the free trial, and you'll be able to listen to that plus much, much more. But here is what we'll be talking about next week. A lot of books next week. If we didn't have so many books next week, I would have suggested to Eric that, hey, maybe we'll talk a little Sandman. We'll talk a little Outsiders, but we have a lot of books, so I don't think he'd go for it. Plus. He's going to have to record with me on Friday night, and he hates doing that. Not saying he's lazy. Nah, but here's what we're going to talk about. Remember, two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight. Batman number 144, the finale of the Joker year one. I hope it blows all our minds. I am wary. I am maybe, (laughs) I don't know, cautiously optimistic. No idea. Let's hope. We also have Batman Superman World's Finest number 24, which should end up being the end of the Kingdom Come story, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be pretty cool, right? Pretty cool indeed. Catwoman number 62 is the nine lives done. I need nine lives to go through that book. Nonsense. But we'll get to hear Tiki Cat is what we'll get. Oh, my goodness. I love the Tiki Cat. Next book, Green Lantern Word Journal number six, a book that Eric Really convinced me to like, and then once I liked it, he doesn't like it as much. But we'll see how that continues on. A book that I think has been lost in the shuffle and something I was really excited about, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number five. It, it really feels like people are like, yeah, they're done with it. I hope that I hope that it's good. I hope we get a little more Kong. You always need more Kong in your life. But yeah, I want to see what's going on there. Nightwing number 111, the number of the least, I think, right? The number of the least. This week it was announced that Tom Taylor and Bruno Redundo would be leaving Nightwing at 118. So we have a little bit. They're doing this arc that's going to start up where, again, they're going back to Nightwing can't leap. That sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, though. What is taking the big leap? You know, like almost like getting married. I do think that maybe that's the play by the end. He learns to leap and then right into the arms of Babs for marriage. I don't know. I have predicted that that marriage is going to happen so many times, but we'll see. I hope he learns how to leap again because he needs the leapfrog. Superman number 11. It feels like a while since we had Superman in the Old West, right? But we're back and we'll see. How that is working out It seemed that 
Superman was being controlled. You have all that stuff. I'm looking forward to that. Titans number eight. See what happens there. Post Beast World. Oh, that Raven. She a baddie. She's being controlled. It's her bad. So, so the thing I, I was talking about, and I did a video uh, on our YouTube channel, a video about the Tom Taylors and the Bruno Redundos leaving Nightwing, but it seems like they'll still be doing Titans, or at least Tom Taylor. So he'll still be writing a little bit of Nightwing there. And then we have Wonder Woman number six. Oh, Tom King, you've done it again. Let's see what this issue brings. You know, if it's going to be more craziness or I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I just I hate the pacing of Tom King's issues. I don't like the I just don't like it. I don't like things that he writes and they always end up just having that weird like scummy sheen on it. It's like you're like I, I would say you're in the river, right? You're there at the river down by the river. And you're cleaning your clothes and everything's going good because, you know, you clean your clothes on the river. I'm talking back in the day. Right. And you do. And then all of a sudden, like this big, like weird mud crap gets on. Them. That's what yeah, anybody follow me. I'm not even following myself. I'm saying that I don't like it, but that is what's going to be on the poll. I'm going to give a prediction. I haven't made a prediction in quite some time, I think. But I think it's a weird bunch of books. It was weird to have Batman on the Patreon spotlight this week, but I think that maybe they have a taste for it, especially with this Joker year one. So I'm going to say that it's going to be Batman 144, who, along with either Wonder Woman number six, because they're going to want to piss me off, or maybe, just maybe, Catwoman number 62, because we all want to party like we're Duchess and the Vents delivering ramen. That's what I think. So there you go. But yeah, I'll try to. It, it, it's easier when you're doing recordings with other people because you can take a little bit of a breather. And when you start to go off the rails, the other person's there to kind of put you back. Me by myself, it's not pretty, right? I'm not a handsome man. But that is that. Thanks, everybody. Again, Eric had to leave town, or we would have done a couple more books, but we'll see how that goes. But we'll be back next week with a bunch so thanks for everything <laughs> thanks for everything guys and i will talk to you all later you are all weirdos weird science is the revolution weird science is the revolution